Visit Arcade Club in Bury, Greater Manchester, the largest gaming venue in Europe. Set on two floors featuring over 250 original arcade machines, from Space Invaders right up to the latest Japanese rhythm games. There's also pinball machines, retro modern consoles, top-end PCs and VR stations. For just £10 entry or £15 for both floors, you can stay as long as you like and everything is set to free play. It's open Thursdays to Sundays with free parking, two licensed bars, two kitchens and fair price. And there's no need to book, just turn up for an awesome day out. Hello and welcome to the Twin Pines Arson Podcast, where myself and my co-host Victor Marland pick a pair of healthy pine trees and burn them with flamethrowers. We're not entirely sure why. Not really. We are the Tenpence Arcade Podcast, you silly man. That's your other podcast, where you wreck trees with incendiary devices. Yes. Well, welcome, listeners. Uh, we talk about stuff you put ten pences in, or if you're in another country, quarters or tokens or yen or whatever. We talk about arcade stuff, don't we, Sean? We do. So, welcome if you're a loon listener. Welcome back if you're not a loon listener. Now then, Sean, we've been up to loads of things. Shall I start with what we've been up to, or do you want to start it? Go on, you start. Well, Alex, Chucky, uh, Chucky Egg, Nintendo Arcade, whatever you want to call him nowadays, my mate Alex came round to film me in my games room for his Game Room Tours YouTube channel. And I think it's been aired quite a bit, and people have been reacting to it, and they liked it. I yeah. was in semi-serious mode then, because it was someone else's production. Otherwise, I would have yes. messed about if it was just me and you. But yeah, it was quite, quite nice having Alex around. He's been threatening to come around for ages, but my arcade has never been tidy and all working when he's wanted to come round. And finally, all the stars and the moons aligned, and it was actually tidy that week. So he came round and did it. It was good. Good fun. Nice. Um, oh, but before then, Phoenix finally gave up the ghost and it died properly. Oh. Did I tell you when my American friends came round, uh, Phoenix, I had, I had all the games on, and when we were playing some other games, we heard Phoenix making a beeping noise. I thought, that hasn't got music in a track mode. What's that doing? I went over to it and it frozen. So I turned it back oh. off and on again. And it was okay. But it kept doing it every so many minutes just in the track mode. I thought, oh, there's something wrong going on there. And when I turned it on just before Alex was about to come round, it died. It just went all over the place. It, it booted up. When you start a game, the graphics went all over the screen. It just messed up and reset itself, and it keeps doing it. So I've taken it out. I've had a quick look at it. I don't really know what to do on it. And I've replaced it with Pleiads at the moment, which does work fine, because that works in the same machine, so the same pinout. So we're playing a bit of Pleiads for a change. It's, right. it's a good game. Yeah, it's not good a bad game. little game. I've got the speed up one as well, one with the with the warp button. And the there's two shot. versions of Pleiads. Yeah, it's got the faster shots, which I like anyway. It's more fun. Mm. I like speed up games, and we'll find out later. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> what else have we been doing? Oh, my Ms. Pac-Man board, talking about speed up games. You know the Ms. Pac-Man speed up I got? The, the $5 PCB I got years and years and years ago, which was really cheap. It came with a load of other ones. Um, mm. It still won't go up for some reason, and it's got jail bars for after sprites. I took out the uh, the turtles and that game out of the vertical pony and replaced them with Raiden and Terra Crest of some shooty shooty playback shooty madness. Yep. So I've been having a look at that, and there was an update to the last time I did my notes. I replaced two resistor networks 
on the PCB. It's like a component on the PCB. It's, it's basically about eight or nine resistors in a row, all with a common ground. It's a little, right. tiny little component, little black thing, as you'd call them. I replaced that, and uh, the game boots okay, and it goes up okay now, as well as the other controls. But I'm still getting jail bars through the ghosts when they go blue, you know, when you make them go blue, and also all the fruits that are jumping around the screen. So there's something wrong with it. And I was playing it earlier today, and the music sort of dulled and, and went out on its own after a few minutes play as well. So there's something wrong with it. So, you know, I have to do something about that, because I like that game. really like that game. Have you tried a different jam on the adapter? Yeah, I tried a bit of um, a bit of cheese spread, actually. Yeah? Yeah, a bit of Dairy so- Lee. Yeah. It, it just yeah, it brought the music back for a bit, but it went off again. So it's not a, not a, not. A, I think you know a cheese based spread is only a temporary fix. They're only good for kind of rhythm games. I think cheese spreads. Mm, you know how it is. But yeah. that PCB cost me about three pounds UK money back then, because when the, the, do- the dollar was good to the pound or the way around. Mm. Yeah, so that's a bit of a pain. But um, you know, I'll, I'll do something about it. I'll get another one. Cuba uh, also eek. Cuba started to make scratchy noises in the background. Alex was filming. It worried me a bit, so I turned it off. Um, yeah. So later on, I investigated the next day, and I meted the plus 5 and the 12 volts, and they were way higher than they should have been. Double eek! Oof. So I brought the 5 and the 12 volt back down to what they should be reading, and the problem is now gone. Uh, I tested it out a few games and no scratchy sounds anymore, so it's okay now. It's fine. Um, but because it's a new modern board, I think it took the slightly high voltage okay, rather than an old-fashioned board which might have died. But what it was, I didn't have the voltage up on purpose. Before I had Cuba in there, I had two games on a Jammer PCB switcher. Mm-hmm. And you need slightly higher voltage. you got to crank the voltage up a little bit because it's supplying two boards. And that's what happened. I forgot to dial it back down again when I just put a single board in there. So my own silly fault, really. I should have checked it. But I put it in and it worked for ages, absolutely fine. And then when I left it on yeah. for a little while, because I only ever play a few games at a time. And then after about an hour of, you know, Alex filming and stuff, I realised it was something going on. It was obviously getting into it a bit. Sorted out now, though. But I also, at the time, when I didn't realise what it was until I tested the, the voltages, I did email the mighty J-Rock, James, who's an absolute genius mm. with these, these things he's made. Is that his name? James, James Rock? James Rock. Mr. Rock, I think his name is. Right. Uh, he responded the next day with my email to suggest a few things that might fix the problem. But I'd already worked it out by then, so I, I thanked him for it, and you know, I haven't heard of him since. But very good. He, he was very concerned and speedy with you know one of his products to some Tom, Dick, and Victor who bought his board. So he's very, very good at that. I'm really, really impressed with the, the sort of customer feedback on that. Oh, that's good. I've also made a Dig Dug Cabaret control panel. You know that cabaret, contr- cabaret Dig Dug I've been meaning to make for years now? Yeah. The cab is actually built. It's all soundly built. But I needed the biggest hurdle is going to be the control panel because I needed a bent up piece of metal. And mm. my work, my boss, offered to do it for me. You've got an external company that fabricates metal and they made a steel one for me. They actually made four of them in total. So I've got four panels now to do with what I want. But I drilled the holes out, uh, the hole in the middle of the joystick. I put a, a Wicko leaf stick joystick in, just like a real dig dug. I've got yeah. a button either side, leaf switch button either side, and two cone buttons on the left-hand side for starts. Yeah. But the the machine is not going to be a dig dug. I'm going to do it as a time pilot, which Atari did release, even though it's a Konami game. I'm going to yeah. do it as a time pilot or a Star Force. They're both Ooh. eight-way single-button games, and they're both good games. I think they do really well in there. Last night, oh, such I was, a good game. I was playing it again last night, and with the correct joystick, it's just—it's a perfect game. There isn't anything 
I would change about it. I don't the perfect think. joystick. You're saying a Monroe stick. Yeah, it is. I don't think I've ever played it on a Monroe stick. I was it, recently it, playing a gyrus at someone's house on a Monroe stick. It does feel very weird, doesn't it? It's sort of like yeah. a it's like a dial more than a joystick. It sort of spin. It sort of rotates on a ball. I think. Yeah, and I I, I hold it different. If you like cup, if you cup the ball, <laughs> madam. <laughs> Cup of the ball, and so, so you're sort of gripping it from underneath. Grip them balls from underneath, son. And, and then rotate your ball. And, it, yeah, you get a much better control then instead of your hand on top of the ball. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I, when I was in Japan uh, for my honeymoon years ago, keep going on about it, I must go back there, um, I saw a lot of the Japanese players doing that with normal Sanwar and Samitsu sticks, you know, the normal Japanese controls. And right. they do a lot of that. Even, even the, um, the fighting games with the Street Fighters, they do it like that, which seems very cumbersome to move around like you're sort of holding a pair of balls mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's, it's a weird I, I played it the normal way i'd hold a joystick but it just feels i don't know sort of rotary more than directional you know because it is yeah. just leaves underneath isn't it? it just rotates in a different way oh i must yeah, take it, one apart one then have a look at it this sounds quite it's interesting on a, what they, it's, on, it's on a wallace isn't it is it a wallace a wallace, wallace. A grommet. A grommet. It's on a grommet. A grommet, yeah. yes. No, a grommet is the rubber bit, which provides yeah. the spring action. Because the Wicko sticks oh, have got pivot. a grommet as pivot. well. Pivot, you're thinking about, yeah. Pivot. That's the word. Yeah, so it's it's a weird one. Yeah, so it's going to be one of those games. Nice vertical shooter with a single button. Nice. It's going to be jammer anyway with the, with the adapters in it, so I can probably put different games in it. But I need to get on and do that machine now, because I want it next to my centipede. It looked nice next to the centipede. Mm. Mm. Ah, oh, also, I was listening to one of the Broken Token podcasts recently, and they used to have some bluegrass music. I think they were called Hey Seed Dixie. It's a play on ACDC. Yeah. And oh, they used man. to use them as their music, but now they're using uh, the music from Total and Nuclear Annihilation, the new pinball from Spooky Pinball. Is it Spooky Pinball? I don't know. It's one of the lower, it's one of the sort of smaller companies that released it. It's supposed to be a really, really good pinball. And I've actually played a uh, pre production version of it when I was over in America. It's a good game, very good theme. Well, it's not a theme, but it's not a licensed theme. It's just about nuclear annihilation. Um, and the music in it, uh, Alex said to me, oh, you like this music? And he played it when I was around his house playing games with him. And it's really nice background music. And I was listening to it at work. And the Broken Token are now using it for their, their starting music. It's really good. You should download it. I'll leave some notes on our show notes where you can get it from. And you, yeah. and you can actually buy a cassette of it. A cassette? Yeah, which I thought was a wow. really nice touch. I think, I think Whitney from the Broken Token actually bought one. But yeah, it's really cool. Good good music. I really like it. I played it. We had a dinner party a little while ago, and some people came around. And I put it on in the background. And I said, oh, do you like this music? So yeah, it's quite good, actually. They weren't really noticing. I said, it's from a pinball machine. I went, what? Really? So yeah, <laughs> from a pinball machine. Oh, I went to Dave O's meet. I'll make Dave Orton. Orton of the Underworld. I went to meet at his house. He lives in Aylesbury, about an hour away from me. What cabs has Dave got? He's definitely got a Space Invaders, I would imagine. He's got three. And none Is of them he? were working at the time. Poor old Dave. He did get a oh. load of stuff working there because he's had a bit of trouble with stuff not working. Um, mm. He had a gyrus on the go. He had a joust. Uh, Pac-Man, proper Pac-Man, playing a four-way Pac-Man game, which was really cool. I like playing Ms. Pac-Man on that. Uh, what else do you have? He's got two Naomi's, one with 18-wheeler in it. That's <laughs> the noise you make when you play 18-wheeler. Uh, what else do you have? Ooh, the main machine was the Naomi. Uh, an asteroid's going, a centipede, which is, his centipede seemed to be play easier than mine. I got about 35,000 points on my first go, and I'm usually rubbish at it. I'm usually good for ten or 20,000. So it must be maybe a different ROM set, I don't know. 
That's good. I can't remember the other games he had. Actually. Oh, Gallagher. He's got a proper Gallagher as well. Yeah, cool. He's one of the few people in the country who's actually got Gallagher. There's not many Gallaghers in the UK. In the UK. Not proper machines. Right. I suggested he should uh, mod it and make it into a Bosconian, but he didn't like that. <laughs> it mainly was a, a sort of social gathering. I saw loads of nice people I already know. Really chilled out. It was a lovely sunny day as well, which is weird for the UK. Maybe the first sunny day we've had all year, I reckon. Yeah, it was good. Mm. Good laugh. Oh, we had uh, an Arkanoid table machine as well, and Chris CMP brought some Vectrex along with him, playing some cool stuff. Really nice. Ve- Vectri, did bring some Vectri. Vectri, yes. More than one Vectrex. A Vectrus. A truss of Vectruses. Victor is a moron. He forgot to mention Dave's pole position that worked nearly all day. Very good. What have you got here? Messing with 28-inch monitors. Explain cramps. Oh, yeah. I did something very, very silly. In Mm. your name. Well, I've been trying to get a 28-inch monitor working for this OK Baby cab I've got, right? Yeah. So I had in the shed from years ago, I think I told you and the listeners about this before, I had a 28-inch Polo Star monitor. And I dropped a nut or a screw years ago on the back of it when I was working on it, when it was on, which was silly, and it hit the the yoke. And I think it, it shorted something in the yoke, and it did something, and the monitor went off, and it didn't work. So I took it out, and I actually bought another monitor at the time, because the monitor was really cheap back then. I found a really, I think it was less than a pound. I had to go and pick it up. So yeah. I put another monitor in. I just put a Polo 2 in it, which has been there fine ever since for like seven years. But I just put the, the other monitor in, in the shed and put the monitor chassis upstairs in the loft and just thought nothing. Just forgot about it. thought, that monitor's the, the tube's knackered. I'll just ignore it. I'll leave it or I'll give it away or get rid of it. Years and years later, I thought to myself, I'll try it out again. So what I did is on my high vertical pony in the corner, I actually reached my arm and my whole half of my body through the hole in the front where, the, the, where you put the PCBs in, which has got to be... Yeah. 12 inches wide, about 16 inches tall. I actually got mm. half my body and my arm in it. I had to unplug the monitor, which is actually the chassis bolted to the side of the cabinet, not underneath in a cage. So I had to mm. un- unplug the power and the green plug for the colours and drag it outside the machine. I could test another monitor outside the machine. And I got myself into a cramp when I was doing it. So all the next day, I cramp in my shoulder and I got one <laughs> in the back of my leg. It's not funny. Uh, I'm doing this for you, you idiot. Um, yeah, it was. It wasn't much fun getting. And in the end, I worked out if I just pull my Naomi about two feet forward, which is on wheels, I can get behind it, just drag a bit of the mon- the the pony out, and just get into it from the back easily. I didn't even need to bother. I should have just stopped being lazy and done it properly. Right. Little tech tip, kids: don't take shortcuts and give yourself cramps. Don't get mm. in a cab if you can help it. Do not forcibly insert yourself into a pony no <laughs> oof another thing i did let's talk away from ponies i went yeah. to the london gaming market last sunday and it was a sunday we yes. were supposed to record we were hit with stupid technical faults so we yes. couldn't do the recording so we thought we we're going to do it thursday weren't we yeah but my wife's been for a, a small operation she had some wisdom teeth out and i've been up to look after her and the silly dog we've got so yeah. that wasn't possible. She wasn't in a very good way on Thursday. She was okay when she got out of there, but sort of the pain came in afterwards when it, well, the drugs were, wore off. So she's in not too well. She's better now. She'll be okay. But all the sort of Thursday and Friday, I had to take off work to look after her and the silly dog because the dog needs to be you know, looked after every hour and stuff because he's only little. He needs to have a wee-wee yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, we've been looking after them. So we couldn't do a record then. So we thought we'll just leave it another week and do it at the normal time. So hopefully mm. it'll be out Tuesday. We don't know yet. 
Yeah. So, last week on Sunday was the London Gaming Market. I bought myself a Mega Drive pad. That's Six it. or three buttons. Six. No, three, sorry. I only need three. I was just I only bought it to use on a super gun to test my arcade PCBs with. Because I, I yeah. the one I had wasn't working properly, and I think I've lost it now, I can't find it. So I wanted to go there and buy one pad. I was hoping to buy myself an Atari eight bit computer because my one's packed up, it stopped working. I wanted mm. the chips up just to test see which chips were wrong on it. But no, alas, there was none there. There's nothing I really wanted to be honest with, and the prices were quite high. The only sort of decent price was Ali, the video game hunter. He does yeah. some really good prices. He sold some things for me on his on his uh, on his stall as well. So I actually came away again with more money than I went with. That's a good way for to which do shopping. Which is nice. Though. I like shopping like that. That was fun. I met you know Alex and, and Raj and Garen and Cine Steve and loads of people turned up who I met who I know Alan Uberpixel. So it was nice meeting people anyway. Met a few other yep. new people as well. It's quite nice. It's always I sort of go for more of a social thing than anything else, to be honest with you. Because there's not really much yeah. console stuff I want, to be honest. I've, I don't think I've ever been to a gaming market because I'm not a collector. But no. I suppose it's a good social sort of event, isn't it? It is. You meet a lot of people there. Yeah, I think there's one in, up near you, sort of in Leeds. It's one close to Leeds, yeah. is it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's sort of close-ish, I suppose. There's, Manche- yeah. there's a Manchester one in September, I think. Is well. there? That might be mm. worthwhile going to take twenty quid with you. See if there's anything you like. You might fancy because they do like um, like little ornamenty things and things you can hang on the wall and arcade related stuff. So it might be something you want there. A little knickknacks rather than an actual game, perhaps. Don't know. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, biscuits. 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 I think they did. You know, I think they did do like themed cookies and stuff there, but I didn't buy any. Oh. Mm. I've still so, got your Tim Tams from Tagster. Ooh, we'll be getting them when we meet up at the. Uh, Revival. revival, which is in about yeah. ooh, three or four weeks, is it? Not long now. It's, yeah. Not I've had a willpower of iron and I've not eaten them. I've had a willpower of iron and not eaten all those uh, Cheez-Its. They're actually for Jan, not for you. Yeah. I'll have some. Yeah, you mean they, they're not going to get to her, you mean? No, she loves them. She, I'm not going to see many of them at all. <laughs> you and that greedy lad of yours going to have them. Yeah. So that's about all the stuff I've been doing. I've been doing all sorts of stuff. I've got on the table here next to me some Cuba art to go on a control panel. It's not quite right yet, so I'm waiting for another one to come through. I've got some other Donkey Kong stuff I'm doing for someone, for a little project. We'll talk about that at a later date. So I'm going to measure out some panels and stuff. So I've got plenty on the ball, and I've got tons of stuff I should be getting on with. I just haven't had a chance to do it lately because I've been looking after dog and wife. <laughs> so tell me what you've been up to, son. Yeah, a few things, a few things. I went to see Russell Brand at King George's Hall in Blackburn with Wife. Very Ooh, enjoyable. Nice. I like him. Some people don't. I think he's really good. I think he was a bit of a, an idiot in his younger years, but now he's like a really sound bloke, I think, and very funny. I used to listen to him on his radio, ooh, was it Radio 2 show, years and years ago, over 10 years ago, and it was a really good show. Yeah. He used to do it with a co-host who did all the sort of um, the editing and, and all the sort of uh, technical bits, and it was really good make up with the two guys together. I think he sort of went on to help him produce stuff in the end as well. And I really enjoyed that. And I read his book about him and then didn't like him very much. And he did a few daft things and went in some rubbish films. And I think he's come mm. back on, on board again because he's quite a humanist, isn't he? He is, yeah. He seems so to be like quite spiritual. And, yeah, and he's got a good message behind his humour. So I like him. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I agree, yeah, definitely. And I went to visit the family down south, mother down south in Northamptonshire. Uh-huh. Following that, I went out on the lash Ooh. around Wellingborough with my brother, sister-in-law, and three old drinking buddies. 
much fun was had. I wrote on here, you shouldn't encourage three-year-olds to drink booze. Three-year-old, th- not, th- not yeah, three-year-old. Not three-year-old, three-old drinking buddies. But, yeah. Sean, listen to me. Yes. Do not give booze to babies. Can't get baby bowls. Remember that? Yes, Vic Reeves. on Vic Reeves. Talking Don't about booze. to baby. Oh, we got some bowls. What you got? She's showing you in the old... Uh, McEwen's McHugh, well, Export. McEwen's Export, man. It's a Scottish oh. legendary drink. My wife looked at it the other day, right? So I brought some home. I was feeling a bit low. I thought, I'll have some beer. I never want to have beer at home. And she looked at it. She said, what's that? And I went, McEwen's. She looked at it. She goes, oh, it's made in Scotland. I went, What? Have you just said McEwen's is made in Scotland to a half Scottish person? She went, yeah. <laughs> I don't think she realised McEwen's is a big old Scottish drink. It's as, it's as Scottish as tartan beer. Mm. No, the make tartan. It's not actually when you pour it out. It's not actually yeah. coloured tartan. But it's quite nice ale, you know. I don't think I've ever had it, to be honest. So if my speech goes a little bit slurry later on, you'll know why. I'm on water. Oh. Oof. Guess what else have you been doing anyway? God, tell me what else have you been doing. Been to the Batcave Retro Games Explosion, I've put here. It didn't explode. Oh, thank God for that. Explosion. There'd be bits of beard and pie everywhere. Yeah, yeah. We'll be what, happened the, what happened at the uh, Batcave? What was themed at Batcave? There's usually a theme to their monthly things. Yeah, this was wrestling. Wrestling? Yeah. I'm not it's keen very... on wrestling. Is it British wrestling, like Big Daddy and Giant Stacks and Kendo Nagasaki, or is it American stuff? I think the game, the... The competition game was WWF No Mercy on the N64, I think, but God knows. What I we're don't going. know or, what you're talking about. Or GameCube. Anyway, mm. wrestling games are my least favourite games, I think. Absolutely. I, got, I don't see any point to wrestling games. Mm. There was a vertical one years ago. I think No Quarter covered it a long, long time ago. It was called Matt Mania on No Quarter Podcast 50. I can't remember the name of it. But that was quite fun. It was a really simple one. It wasn't like, yeah. you know, the sort of battering over each other over the head with those chairs and cage battles and all that sort of stuff. I don't understand how grown people can enjoy American... We're talking WWF, WCW, whatever it's called, wrestling. I don't mm. understand. You know, if you want to watch sweaty men grappling each other, yeah. absolutely fine if that's your thing, but it's really not my thing. And I just don't understand it it's it's obviously really really staged and it's not really mm. violent nobody gets hurt or anything it's not like um like the ufc thing yeah. where they're actually hurting each other it's not real boxing and real kicking it's sort of like quite staged isn't it and the guys yeah, are all think, big enough i and, think there's a quite a lot of force and they do get hurt but yeah but by accident it's just like it's like a sort of sporty thing isn't it more than anything yeah they don't actually like go a, out to hurt each other it's like I don't, a soap opera yeah i don't I do not see the appeal at all. Even when I was, well, my brother was into it because he's ten years younger than me, and it was sort of about the nineties era when it was all getting really big. And he used mm. to love it, and I just he used to have the you know the, the toys, the wrestlers, and all that sort of stuff. And you could sort of see the theatrics in it with um, the old Undertaker and all that lot. But it was just a load of old tosh, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, oh, I did nonsense. I was into it when the first WrestleManias were on UK TV, but that was like when I was younger. And you're older no, than it's me. Not, it's not for me, no lad. No, no. no, I've been also moving on from wrestling. I've been to Arcade Club two times, two times, two times, two times. Holly, they call him because we've been three weeks, haven't we, since recording? Oh yeah, yeah, I, sure. 
and have had some great gossip about Ooh. the new floor from Andy, who's told me exactly what's going on, but he says, I can't mention it on the podcast. Can I just do this w- a minute? Say what? Another He'll floor? murder me. Another, yeah, another floor? Is that going to be three floors then? Yes. I didn't know about this. We'll talk afterwards. Yes. We'll, we'll go in a corner and gossip. He's told me what's going on anyway, in the anyway, floor. Anyway, But I can't tell you. He'll murder me. Is it going to be like a time machine to take us back to 1984? No, it's not. Oh. Also, also, I met. This is last night at Arcade Club. I met Richard BBC Broadhurst. Oh, what a guy! And Dave BBC website more. Oh yeah. Previously of replay events, Dave. Yes. And they were both talking about the new BBC games and how Richard's sort of excellent at programming. And you bit. can actually on Dave's site, you can play. Richard's games in a browser in a JavaScript browser. So I've been having a go at Frogger and that. (gasps) And the first thing you know about Frogger (gasps) is because of the limited color palette. I know about this uh, already. Go on, go on. The limited color palette of the BBC. They have got this chip called the Mula chip, M-U-L-A chip, to replace the Eula chip. Mm -hmm. And it now gives a more broader palette. So the arcade colors, like the logs, the brown logs in Frogger, which couldn't have been done on the BBC, can now be done. So Frogger almost looks perfect now. When I talked to Richard at the Cambridge Computer Museum, I said to him, oh, it's put your game is absolutely, Frogger is really, it's perfect, the sound's good, all the graphics are absolutely perfect, the ratio looks brilliant. I said, but your logs are pink. And he went, we can't do brown on a BBC. <laughs> I went, oh, you poor sod. And now he's fixed it. How cool is that? Yeah, I think you've got to resolder a chip onto the motherboard and then you're good to go. I wonder if you can do that on, because I've got a um, a BBC Master Compact, one of the smaller mm. ones, that had a little sort of pizza box underneath the monitor, which you don't actually need. It just had the power supply and stuff in it and the disk drives. And I use mine with an MMC. So I don't need the, the other bit. So it's just a little compact thing. I wonder if you can do it to that, because that computer is slightly different to a BBCB. It'd be nice to find that out, actually. I'll talk to Richard about it. That'd be cool. Isn't nice an one, MMC though. a guy that talks annoyingly over dance music? Yeah, they do do that, don't they? They have a habit of doing that. Yeah. Fools. Egypts. Egypts. That your lot? That's it. Nice one. Oh, I've played about at least at least ten minutes worth of this year, this week's featured game. I've played it quite a bit, and mm, I played a bit more. Rubbish. I played a bit more than that. We will get onto it later. We will do. Arcade news. Okay, the Switch retro remake craze is continuing with arcade classic, classic in inverted commas. It's mm. it's pretty good. Toki, T O K I. That that weird. Gorilla game. Yeah, uh, Toki no Denzetsu, something like that? Yeah, it looks a bit, actually, on the Switch, like a Flash game to me, well, but it, it looks decent. I never really played Toki that much, because it, it doesn't really appeal to me. It's got really weird graphics, sort of really mm. sort of eerie, spooky, weird, mutanty baddies in it, and you're a weird-looking ape that spits out stuff. Never really played it that much in the arcade. I must have a give it a go. But this one mm. looks absolutely beautiful. The graphics are amazing in it. It's Do you reckon? Of, I think yeah, they look really a bit nice. like um, flash graphics. Well, they look sort of sort of like hand-drawn kind of thing. It kind of reminds me of um, Wonder Boy, the one that the remake they did on the Switch. It's the mon- oh, I can't remember what it's called now. Wonder Boy, The Dragon's Trap. Something Monster Land or something. One of the, one of the new ones they've done. And on the yeah. Switch version... 
you can press a button on your controller to turn it into from 8-bit graphics, I think into maybe 16-bit, and then like proper cell-shaded drawn graphics on the fly as you're playing it. And it looks beautiful. It's a really nice-looking game. I was thinking about getting it because I'm not that keen on Wonder Boy, but it looks like it's expanded on the game a bit, so I might have to have a look at that. Mm. Nice. It's nice they're doing a remake, though. It does look lovely, I think. Mm, the, the Sikio games are going <sighs> on being remade for Switch. Let me have another, another drink. One, <sighs> another one coming out, which is Tengai, which I think is... Tengai's? Yes, Tengai's, which is a horizontal, bonkers, Chinese-Japanese shooter, <laughs> which is actually Sengoku Ace 2. I think Sengoku Ace, Samurai Aces, getting confused with names here, mm-hmm. was Samurai Aces in the West, and that's that was a vertical scroller, yeah. was it? think so. Yeah, so Sikio Games, do you be uh, pleased to know that Yeah, you can I'll be pleased that they crash and burn. And play them on your Switch as well. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to load yeah. up MAME on the PC in front of me a little bit later on, if I've got time. And I'm going to use the filters on MAME, because I use just the, the, the UE version, and turn on all the Sikio Games. And Turn try on. them all out and just see what yeah. they're like. Because I'm sure I don't like any of them. Like mm. Gunbird and all that sort of stuff. And then this Tengai. I'll have to just try them out and see if there's one I actually like. But, you know, you know, normally, you don't normally find a company of games you don't like. But well, this is a company, that, and I don't think I like any of their games. It's a, yeah, it is a, ta- yeah, there's certain companies I feel like that. But it is a, a kind of a, a taste that the shooters have a certain style and mm. they're all well, really difficult. I was talking to somebody last night, Phil V, shout out to Phil V. I, we were saying we think some of them are harder than cave games because of the speed of the bullets. Yeah. And but, the intensity of it all. But there you go. But surely, you think about it, they couldn't have done, well... Actually, it's probably, it's probably a, um, a region thing. They wouldn't have done very well in Western arcades. Because in Western right. arcades, you know, you know, they do that thing where you, you, your credit, token, 10p, yen, whatever, should last two minutes. That's like the sweet spot of making money and also keeping the punters happy. Those yeah. kind of games, you wouldn't even last two minutes in, surely. You know, if, if you just played it the first time, you put your first quarter in or whatever, you play it and you go, I'm never playing that again. It's rock hard. Well, some people might go, that's a challenge, I'm playing it again. But if you were short of money as a kid and you had a pound or two pounds to play with, you wouldn't put it in again, would you? Well, a lot of them were like that, weren't they? Like Defender. No one would have played Defender if they just played it once. They did, though, which is weird. And I'm thinking also the Japanese arcade, where they had all these bonkers shooters, which they really like, and they you know, obviously got really challenged by it and they got good at them. Maybe it was more of a market for those guys. Yeah, could be. Kind of say they're better players than us. That's what it is. Mm. Yeah, they probably are. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Scramble Hardware Multi has had another update from Phil. Oh, it now adds the end to its list of games. The code has been also updated with some other extra features, and these are: you can boot to a particular game on Power Up. Uh, you can allow or prevent pressing one player starts and two player starts to return to the menu like you do on most multi games. So yeah. you're locked into a particular game. This is going to obviously be un- undone as well. Or you can allow or prevent access to the config menus. Useful if you've got visitors and don't want them changing all your settings or resetting your high scores when they come around. So that's quite mm. good. Makes it sort of party friendly. Yeah. Right, we're going to have just a very quick chat on this because every retro podcast has, has covered this already. I would imagine. Just? Billy Mitchell has been stripped of all his Twin Galaxies records mm-hmm. and banned from the site. All I'm going to say is I think he's... 
an ambassador. He was an ambassador for the scene. He was he was important in in popularizing the arcade games. I think, mm-hmm. but I think he's cheated. So mm. I think it's right. I think it's right. What's happened? Yeah, yeah. I don't. Well, there's quite a lot of proof, I suppose. But in my personal opinion, well, I've met the guy on a few occasions. Seems quite a nice guy. He's got very good hair. <laughs> and, and massive better, ties, huge better ties. Than yours. Oh he yeah, got better Way better, well better coiffured than mine will ever be. Does um, he use like what's that really posh shampoo called? Oh, Timothy. You use Timothy, you reckon? Um, head and shoulders. I reckon he's a head and shoulders man. There's no flakes on that guy. I don't use shampoo. I just use a bit, of, a bit of soap, a bit, a bit of Brasso on the old novel. <laughs> well, Aldi what, shampoo. What, I reckon he, yeah, he has been an ambassador. You know, he's done a lot for video games. He also helped out the Sky Skipper project massively. He does a lot of events and speaks and stuff, but the evidence has mounted up. I think he also has cheated. And I think there was a lot of benefits from what he did and what he got out of it, but he's also given a lot back. So what can you say, really? But being stripped, yeah. I think, is the, the thing to do because, you know, they're, they're showing everyone, if we find out you're cheating, you will lose all your records. It's fair enough. Yeah. You know, even if you just cheat once, it's, it's bad enough, isn't it? If you're going to put your name to a record and have it so other people who are as good as you and can compete with you are going to go against that and it's a false record, you're cheating them as well. And it's not very nice to do that. He's mm. mm. fighting back. He's done some kind of short YouTube message saying, look, I will get you the evidence kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It but should have been a... easy to get that straight away. And they, they've proved mm. loads of stuff. There's loads to read up about. We're not going to go into it here. But one yeah. thing, I typed up a comment uh, on an Underground Retrocade patron's Facebook page, which is an awesome arcade I've been to, about the Twin Galaxy records. And I reckon they should be reset, as a lot of the records were done back in the day with no video footage or referee scrutiny. And then Tim McVeigh came on. He didn't seem mm. too pleased, Nicola. actually, and told me about his endeavours from the 80s, and it would have cost him thousands of dollars to actually video record one of his marathon games, because he's the kind of guy who plays for like days on end. And video yeah. recorders back then were thousands of dollars. And also you need loads of tapes. And he also said that um, the referees didn't stay up all the time as well, because he was playing for like 50-odd hours at a time. Then none of the referees stayed up that long to watch him. But, of course, his records and similar players of, of the day should keep their records, because they couldn't cheat. They didn't know how to cheat. There wasn't any main back then. And the mm. only way you could cheat back then is using score scabbing techniques and someone would have seen them he was just he passing or watching and just said hold on a minute and said something so it's very difficult to work out whether these old records are good or not because obviously there are some like tim excellent players who did do the records who deserve the recognition and now everyone's saying oh they should all be wiped out and i change my mind on that they shouldn't be wiped out but it's very difficult working out or someone to say hold on a minute that isn't a real record some of them are really really obvious yeah. You know, there's there's some really obvious ones where they work out if you played for like three weeks or something stupid, you wouldn't get the record. And we know mm. marathon players can play for like 50-odd hours at a time, and probably even longer than that, I think, as well. But, you know, it needs to have someone sensible or a team of sensible people to just have a debate and say, that's wrong, that's right, that's wrong, let's look at this and try and work out what's going on. But then again, they have to be volunteers, no one's getting paid for this sort of thing, it's very difficult. Yeah. Mm. So I think with Orcade, now owned by the Galloping Ghost, hopefully they're going to do it right. With you know, they 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 insist on video submissions or playing in front of an actual recognised judge and stuff like that. 
So in an arcade, I think as in well. In an arcade, it? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. So yeah, mm. and have you seen this? We'll put a link. It's a yeah. GoFundMe campaign. Yes. By, uh, it's a video. It's going to be a video called Arcade Fire: The Redemption of Billy Mitchell. Oh and dear. It's, it's, a, it's actually kind of a, a, a tongue-in-cheek play. Is it? What is it? It's a musical. Right, Musical. this is what it says on the website. I did look at this up, actually. It says, so, what's Arcade Fire? Exclamation mark, you ask. And no, not that band your sister listened to during her phase. Arcade Fire, exclamation mark, the redemption of Billy <laughs> Mitchell, is an irre- irreverent, wacky, and inspirational journey back to Funspot Arcade and the good old days of gaming. Billy Mitchell, video game player of the century, had it all until a 2007 documentary brought the gamer back into the public eye. Now Billy faces the worst accusation a classic arcade champion can face. They're saying he cheated. Dot, bam, dot, dot. Bam, bam, bam. bam. Uh, it's got, I think it's got $50 of 50000 so far. So I don't think it's going to get funded by the time. Why would you want to see a musical of that? It's a bit bizarre, isn't it? Mm, a bit odd. Mm. Anyway, this is some good news. The UK Video Arcade Collectors Forum meetup is at 15th of... I know, actually, it's the 15th and 16th of September at Arcade Club in Bury, Greater Manchester. Get yourself down there. And this is the blurb from it. Arcade Club has a new floor opening late summer, so you'll be able to play some amazing new games during your visit. Even though there is a new floor, we are opening. We are going to hold last year's prices for VAC members. So full access will be £15 for one day, £25 for two days. Lanyards, etc. will be issued. 400 games. 400 Oof. games. That's more games, than, games. That's more games than 300, certainly. Two years. Three bars, two kitchens, and a new pizzeria. I have I have experienced some arcade club pizzas. Yeah, good. They're very nice. They're very hot. I burnt burnt my tongue. Are they thin based or fat based? The proper stone baked thingies. Uh, they're sort of mid. I'd say in the middle. Okay, sounds good to me. Mm. I like pizza. Ooh. Yeah. Right. So arcade that meeting is going on. During the evening, during the day, you can get there during the day, but during the day, there is a new event called Free Play on the 15th and 16th of September at Bowlers Trafford Park, organised by Arcade Club and Steve Smith from Retro Events, who does the Retro Games Fairs. Mm. I'm going to get an interview with both of them to see what it's all about. Good stuff. Because because there's Replay and not doing a play in Manchester this year, this has kind of filled the gap, I think. Okay. Interesting. yeah, they've got l- so Andy's doing it from Arcade Club, and he's going to the both of them are going to just look in the Facebook page. Yeah, you've got arcade games. There'll be over a hundred traders, consoles, indie music, tournaments, VR, retro, PCs. It's all that kind of stuff. So it's, they're trying to do a big event with the Arcade Club brand, calling it Free Play. And with a retro events brand, cool. And I think I think it'll be really good. And it's going to be in. I've said this, hasn't haven't I? Bowlers, which was the, I think they used to do a lot of trade computer trade things there. I don't know if they still do. Mm, okay. Trafford Park. Are you going to be going then on the fifteenth and sixteenth? I'll going on the fifteenth. I don't know about sixteenth. So I'm, I'm there during the day, and at night I'll be at RK Club. You mm. coming up, Vic? No. Why? Got some on. <laughs> okay. Right. 
Rampage, the movie, has hit the streets. Ugh. Seems like a bit of mindless fun to uh, me. It's The Rock. Rock's uh, great. No, he's not. You just switch on The Rock and he beats stuff up and like, like clambers over mountains and that. And then it's finished and it's great. Uh, I went to see, about 15 minutes before we started recording, Ready Player One. Mm. If you like 90% of your film to be CGI and to have really massive bits missing out of the book, this is the film to you, for you. Right. It was okay. And also, when I was watching the previews, all the films on there are also 99% CGI. We're talking Marvel films. We're talking the new Jurassic Park film. Oh, mm. God, they're so dull. Oh, and the new, the new Star Wars one, the Han Solo thing. They've, oh, right. they've got no story or content. It's just all CGI and explosions and just mindless junk. It's really not for me. I'm a bit They're of a film okay, ponce. Everyone. I am a bit of a film ponce mind. I like <laughs> They're story okay every once in a while. I nah. am fed up with the hero films. I've had enough of them now. I They're really just... am. That's the main thing. Yeah, I'm really... Nearly every blockbuster film now, every major release, is either a Marvel thing or some other kind of super... Is it Vertigo or whoever the other... DC, the other people who do it. Yeah. Aren't they all owned by Disney nowadays? I don't know. But the only the only and, good one now I quite like the look of, which is CGI, is the new Incredibles film. Oh, that first one was first so good. First one's daft, isn't it? I quite like yeah. I'll probably go and watch that. Cause it, is it a Pixar one? I think it is, isn't it? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I do yeah. like Pixar films. You know, that, that's where CGI should be in Pixar. Yeah. thing with the superhero films, there's no threat because he's a superhero. You know he's going to be alive for a sequel, whoever it is, or he or she. Yeah. There's just there's just no there's no drama in them. It's just I used to like them, but the superhero the films I like the kind mm. of anti-hero ones I like is stuff like Hellboy mm. and uh, Constantine, V for Vendetta, that sort of thing, where there isn't necessarily a, a happy ending, and you mm. know they, they, the the heroes have got flaws as well. They're not sort of just they can fly and jump up mountains and punch cars and stuff. It's just junk, really, and that mm. sort of stuff has got its place in comic books. But not in film. Yeah. It's just too much. Yeah. There's loads of them now. There's it's handfuls still, of them. People are still watching them, so they'll keep making them. That's because people are mindless. Mm. <laughs> anyway, there's a new Rampage arcade game. Is say so what? So really? Vic Sage from Diary of an Arcade Employee has done a little video of him playing it at Dave and Buster's. So we put a link in the no-shows. Do you know what? I was looking at my podcast the other day, and I noticed Vic Sage was on there again. I thought, oh, I'll listen to that soon. I listened to another one that was longer. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but I didn't know there was a video one as well. Mm. Oh, nice one. I was going to listen I was going to listen to that. I will look forward to that. Standard modern arcade game, I think, is a gun game, but it's Rampage. Oh, is so. it? That's a shame. Yeah. Because the new mm. Turtles game, you know, I don't like Ninja Turtles, but the new Turtles game is like a massive screen four-player thing, very similar yeah. to the old games. It's got its roots still back in the old game, which I like yeah. the idea of, even though I didn't like the original game. I know lots of people did like it, and I think they're going to love the new one. So if they're going to do something like that, they should have kept it like the original game. Yeah. Yeah, a bit of a shame that they just change it to the the new modern thing, whether it be a driving game or a redemption game or a gun game or whatever. A bit of a waste, uh, really. Yeah, I think it is. I'm just checking back. But yeah, I think it, from what I've seen, I think it's just a standard gun game. <sighs> Boring. Right, Zaps Arcade Bournemouth has got a new FAQ out. Uh, we've put a link in the no-shows. 
So if you've got any questions, they should be answered in new FAQ. I'm looking forward to this because when this opens in Bournemouth, I'm going to go along to it. Yeah, should be good. Mm. Right, this is not arcade news, but an official Sega Mega Drive slash Genesis Mini is to be released in Japan later on in the year. No doubt we will see it at some point too. This is obvious it's going to happen. They've done the NES Mini and the SNES Mini. I Mm. think there's an N64 Mini planned, I'm not sure yet. And there's been a Mm. Commodore 64 Mini, which is not that brilliant. Apparently it's got lag. Which is not great. Yeah, and, and the controller's not very good. Yeah, and it's a, it's a bit, a bit. It's a bit odd how you put extra games onto it. I think you can only put one at a time on there, or something. Yeah, I, I watched the 8-bit guy looking at it, reviewing it. It was very good. I like the 8-bit guy. He's great. He's brilliant. Yeah, and it's also a shame that At Games are doing it because they've done a few of these Mega Drive things before, and they're not good. They really mess yeah. the sound up. Oh dear. Well, hopefully they do all right on this one. Well, I'll check it out. I like the mini I machines. They're gonna... nice. Yeah, I don't know what it's going to appeal to. If I want to play a Mega Drive game, I'll just put it on my Raspberry Pi. Most but people it's, do. It's a cute little thing, anyway. It looks cute. Anyway, there's a new podcast called Electric Underground released. I think it was just sort of appeared on the Shmups forum. Okay. And it's about it's just about shoot-em-ups. And Garen from RGDS sent me a link. Ooh. Uh, we'll have to put a link in. It's just linked to someone's Google Drive account. But it is a, it's a really good, like, 25-minute shoot em up podcast and he's, he's very technical talking about how he approaches a shoot em up and the best sticks to use and techniques and that, that sounds interesting it is really interesting yeah and you know what i've been thinking for years for mm. actually for two years i'd like to do a shoot em up podcast at, like just shoot em ups and get like people on who love the shoot em ups and that. and then this guy's beat too me late. to it too late mate yeah. he's doing it already I, I can still do one. I think that one day I might do one just on shoot 'em ups, you know. Get onto and be a guesty guest face. You're good at that. Mm. Do you know what? Yeah. That can of McCoons is gone. It's finished. You drank that quick. Have you got another one? No, I ran out. Oh. In the bin with it. You drink very quick, you know. I do. That's why I don't drink much because I've got I drink too many so quickly. When we got, you had like three Guinnesses to my one pint once. When well, we were when that happened. It's just because you're a Northern lightweight. That's why. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I don't drink much anymore anyway. I can't handle it. No. Yeah, so check that out, kids. I'll find a link. Electric Underground Shoot 'em Up. Very, I like it. I like it. I will be listening to that one. Arcade Pickups. Right, the first of my pickups, I've got a few this time. Australian Funko Pop 8-bit Dig Dug figure. Now, these came out for the pack show in Australia a while back. I don't think we'd get them over here. And I found it on eBay. And it only cost me about £2.50 delivery. From Australia. I think the whole thing was about 15 quid. It won a lot of money. It's really, really cool. It's really nice. Mm-hmm. I, was, I, was, I was expecting to get another a message from uh, the Australian seller saying, hold on a minute, that's postage in Australia. You need another 10, 12 quid. No, it came. for like I think the whole lot was like £16 in, in total. It wasn't a lot of money at all. I'm really what, pleased what figure it. Is it? It's Is it the actual guy? Yeah, yeah. The guy? Dave. Dave Dave Dig Dug. Dave Dug. That's the guy. That's Dave Dug. Yeah. yeah. He's really nice. I got a pair of Electrocoin red handle joysticks from Greg, my mate Greg. Thanks, Greg. You charming fellow. Uh, a Dallas battery-backed RAM saves for game save kits, which I'm going to be doing quite soon. I've got some software, which I'll talk about in a later podcast, maybe, uh, to add save game facility to PCBs that never had it. Nice. It's really cool. I like. I like to have my scores saved. Do you? Sometimes that's the good thing about Mame. Mame usually yeah. saves the scores if you've got a version of Mame that saves scores. If you've got to put, I think it's 
I think it's a little file called high score in a certain folder. Yes. So uh, sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't. Weird. Yeah. Mm. I like to know my score. So when I go back to them, I can try and beat them. And also, if you ever do um, like, like we do with the reviews, we can say, oh, I got this. This is my best score ever. Even though you don't get it that week for the, for the podcast or whatever. I've got a big ass serious EEPROM eraser. I've got to show you this. You know, normally they're about sort of this big, like about six inches by four, little like light blue thing with the drawer and put EEPROMs in. Look yeah. at the size of this. Look at the size of my EEPROM eraser. But why would you need that? To that erase EEPROMs. Oh. It's massive, mate. It's massive. I can, I can fit 5,000 EEPROMs in it. Well, about <laughs> 10, actually. About 10. Can you do yeah. them all at once? Uh, you can do 10 at once, yeah. It's got a little yeah. ultraviolet light in there, and it just does it, and you can put a little, little timer on. It's really good. It works a lot better than the old thing. I think a lot of the problems I was having with burning, they weren't properly erased, even though the software says they're erased. I don't think it, it scrutinises the EEPROM properly to see if it's properly erased, and this thing right. does a good job of it. So, yeah, a lot better. Yeah. Artwork for Cuba Isis Cab I'm putting together for, re- for Revival. Uh, some bits are slightly wrong. When I got the artwork through the other day from Ollie Muddy Music of Arcade Art Shop, the marquee was printed on one mil thick plastic, and mm-hmm. he doesn't actually print it himself. He just does the artwork and sends it off to a company. They do it and they CNC cut it. They cut it yeah. out wrong. There was like ten mil off center, so the bit in the middle, which is the aperture for the screen to show through, was off center. It looks right. really nice, but it's it's obviously off center. Because I thought to myself. It's my monitor on the on the skew inside, and it wasn't. I measured it. It's like twenty mil out, so ten mil off per side. Mm-hmm. So it's going to get it redone for me, actually on perspex, and the control panel, which I've got to do as well. We're going to make a control panel with just the joystick in the middle and no buttons, because it's obviously Q, but no buttons on it. He did it on some glossy stuff rather than texture, which I wanted it on. So he's going to redo that for me. Ollie is so good as well. I mean, if there's some, a problem like that, he, he fixes it really quickly and gets it back to you. So he's, he's doing well on that. So that machine should be ready for revival, I hope. Nice. Uh, I picked up another cab. <laughs> another one. Another one. Electricoin MIDI cab last Saturday from the beautifully smooth Tony Temple. He's smooth. He's a he? temple to smoothness, that man. Very smooth. Um, he picked it up from a raid location for me when I couldn't make the second visit a while back. And the monitor's got a really nice picture on it. But I thought the flyback may be on the way out as it ticks every now and again and the screen has a little jump in it. Um, right. So I think the lopped is arc into ground. But what I did is I moved it around a bit. I moved the cab. I was doing something to it inside. I was just messing with the, the wires when it was turned off, obviously. And I think there's just a bit of a slight loose connection. I sort of put it all back in there. It works absolutely lovely now. I've been playing Ghosts oh, and Goblins on there with a 19-in-1. Really nice mm-hmm. monitor. Nice little cab, but... It's a MIDI cab, so it's one of the smaller electrocoins, but it still really dwarfs my ISIS cabs. So I don't think I'll keep it. I think I'll be passing it on quite soon. I've got a buyer in mind already for it who's going to really enjoy yeah. it. But I've got to make a, another control panel up for him because he wants a two-stick thing to play twin-stick games in it. Right. So that'll probably be going soon. I'll probably get another ISIS. I've got another ISIS lined up, by the way. That'll be number six. Uh, the other one I've got is a Vulcan Venture PCB. This actually came inside the electrical MIDI cab. Right. Uh, it hangs on the ROM RAM test screen and gets no further. But I've been checking the code on the mask ROMs and EPROMs, and five of them were wrong. Because what you do is you dump the ROM to a file, and you upload the file to a, um, a website called Hamsters ROMs or something. I can't remember what it's called now. It's a guy called Hamster yeah. does them. And it tests them with all the main ROMs. 
It, it does yeah. a CRC check with them. And five of them come out with, it couldn't find what they were. And the others were telling it was Vulcan Venture, Gradius 2, whatever. They were fine. So I reburned them with data from MAME. And it now gets further. It gets to the next check-in screen. And it tells me there's a bad RAM at P9. Because my board is slightly different to another Vulcan Venture, it uses a different bottom board, which is right. still factory. But it uses a board from like um, a monster game. I can't remember what it's called now. It's another GX number Konami game. And it's slightly different. But what I did is I play I played the game on MAME with that other game that uses the board. And it comes up with exactly the same row of, of checks. And it says it's at like I think zip one in the same position. So I'm gonna try and change the RAM at zip one. It's a really weird four one one six RAM. It's a different shaped RAM to normal. Because they did them in different uh-huh. packages. And no one's really heard of it. I need to try and find one and buy it and, and change it over. But if I can get Gradius 2 working, that'd be a brilliant game to play. Mm. I do like that game. And I'll obviously sell it on as well because it's worth quite a lot of money and I don't want to keep it. It's no, I'm not a massive fan of it, but so, someone hopefully is and will enjoy playing it. I'll play it yep. for a bit, though, obviously. Get some use out of it, of course. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I bought four shiny, bright red leaf buttons from Pinball Heaven. It's really hard finding leaf buttons nowadays, new ones. Not many places do them. They're all the clicky microswitch ones. Yeah. But pinball places still use leaf buttons, even in modern pinballs. So that's the place to get them from now. Pinball heaven. Brilliant. Oh, I got a ZX Spectrum Plus from Alex. Look at our website to see my fix-it description under Victor's Tinkerings. 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 He said it didn't work. He had it at Davos places. People were selling different bits and bobs, like a sort of car boot sale there. And um, I said, oh, what's wrong with it? He goes, oh, it doesn't work. I said, oh, well, I don't need a non-working one. And then he goes, oh, just have it. I went, oh, cheers, thanks very much. Took it home. Within a quarter of an hour of taking it apart, I got it fixed. Brilliant. Actually, no, it's a bit... no, it was that long. Because what it was is I've got one of those SD card thingies in the back of it, a smart card, which plays games off of a, an SD card, plays the ROMs. And yeah. on that thing, you flip a little switch on it, and it's got a self-diagnostic check. And it told me there was a RAM at IC6, wasn't working. So I unsoldered it, popped a socket in, put a new RAM in there. Works perfect. Yay! Lovely! I do like a Spectrum Plus. The one I've got doesn't work now because I nicked the insides of it to put in Chris CMP's rubber one because he had a really nice rubber keyboard Spectrum that didn't work. So I just got it working for him. I used my computer to work it and then put my one to one side and going to give him his one back. And obviously, they can fix that, but not just yet. And now I've got to work in Spectrum Plus, because Spectrum Plus was the one I had as a kid. Mm. So I like that computer. So I will use that as my proper Spectrum Plus now. Oh, this is a thing. I bought uh, some Winbond EEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEE
I'm going to put on my feedback, you don't put mark down the price, so people are going to get charged import duty for them. Because getting charged mm. import duty is an insult already. And if you have to pay, yeah. pay nearly the same price as what you've paid, i.e. nearly doubling the price of the products, why should you use it? You know, th- these Chinese sellers are usually cheap. That's why we use them. And all of a sudden, they're not cheap. So, yeah, be careful with that. Eric Chung Electronic. Mm. Have you bought anything lately, apart from biscuits and IPA? Nothing at all. Nothing Rick. lately? I, I'm currently feeling the need to shed all of my material possessions and just sit in a plain white room filled only with arcade machines and IPA. Very, very zen. Yeah, I you're feel gonna be, like You're going to be putting beard, beads in your beard soon. I'm going to get rid of stuff. I don't, I've got loads of... Well, I haven't got a lot, actually, but I've never... No, you're I've minimalistic. Never, I've never had a lot. I've never had a lot of possessions. It just doesn't... You're one of those types, aren't you? Yeah. I kind of wish I was like that. Well, I'm a sucker <laughs> for buying new stuff. and, and But yeah. as long as I get some use out of it, I'm okay. But it's the, I understand where you, if you've got tons of stuff that you're not using... I'm looking at a load of Who cards in front of me, right, for my PC engine. I'm never going to use them because I've got a... A, a magic drive, whatever they're called, EverDrive for my PC engine. Mm. I'll probably give them to someone before long. I mean, there's just stuff lying around that I don't use. Every now and again, I get out and use it on purpose, which is great. But when it's just lying around, not being used, and you think someone would really enjoy that, I'll sell it to them for cheap or just give it to them. Just have it. I'm not using it. Just take it. Whatever. I understand exactly where you're coming from. I've got maybe, I don't know, a hundred CDs left. I had hundreds and I just... I don't play them. Nobody does just, nowadays, do they? They're just sitting there. I've got all the music I want on my laptop, you know. Oh, I, I, know, I know a pickup you bought lately, you lying get. Go on. You bought a Japan CD. Oh, yeah. Was it Tin Drum you bought? Yeah, because Alex was on about it on YouTube. Yeah. No, on Twitter even. And I thought, oh, God, that a brilliant album. So we got chatting. Yeah. And I went to download the MP3s off Amazon, right? You yeah. go to download them, £8.99. Really? So For an album? Is that how much it costs? mp3s only oh you should get so apple thought, music mate apple music it's you pay a subscription every month and i think it's free to download stuff well apple uh, apple it's apple isn't it so well, you don't have I, an uh, apple computer for it just the software that's all oh, the apple software and windows was a itunes is horrible yeah it's horrible oh, nobody likes it. even apple music like itunes is horrible and so what i did i bought the physical cd for four quid you ripped it yourself and then it set, then it comes up auto rip feature available, so you get all the MP3s. No way! Yeah, phys- physical CD for four quid, free delivery, and the MP3s. That's a bargain, mate. Yeah, so I've got that in my car now. Is it the album "Gentlemen Take Polaroids"? That was before it. I like that one a lot. That's one of my favourite mm. Japan albums. It's got um, Nightport on it. That's a, such an amazing, beautiful song. It is. It's I love really it. Really cool. Yeah. Japan were great. I really like Japan. They had a bit, they're a bit glam rocky, I think, for the start. And then they had three really good albums and they all sort of imploded. Yeah. And then they came back with Rain Tree Crow, which yeah, was. Yeah, I, I had an CD of that years ago. I had the album. I, I never heard that. Was that all right? I think it was. It was sort of very similar kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. David Sylvian's quite an interesting guy as well. I watched a documentary on him once. Hmm. Yeah. Neil twenty to five. Neil twenty to five saw the photo of the cover and said, Is that Deirdre Barlow? <laughs> he did have his big glasses, didn't he? No, it's, it's Dave Sylvia. Can, Sylvian. Can. <laughs> People outside of the UK are going, Who the hell is Deirdre Barlow and who is Ken? Just yeah. just Google Coronation Street. 
Mm. Listener feedback. Right then, Matthew Pont. Uh, my first ever go at hashtag 10p score on a genre that I never play, strikers. Really enjoyed it though. One credit doesn't last me very long. Hmm, not surprising. No. Ben of Steel, dear Mr. and Mr. 10 pence. I'm writing to you both to complain of the in the utmost about this week's featured game stickers stickers 1945.3 as a regular listener player to your spectacular twice weekly podcast twice weekly yeah i have always found myself avoiding the bullet hell shooters as it's a genre of game i know myself to be spectacularly failed that this week i was determined to face my demons and give it a bloody good go as the old arcade saying goes in for a 10p in for a 20p I've not heard that one, but it's all right. I thought it was in for 10 p.m. for a quid. In for a penny, in for a pound. 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 Within 10 minutes of playing, I reached level 1-3 and had no- and notched up a score just shy of 200k and found myself really enjoying it. Ugh. At this point, I switched it off happy and looked forward to returning to a much better score. This is where the problem started a week later, and after six hours and 53 minutes of play, good old name, I have failed to beat my initial score. Ooh, That's how annoying. Sometimes, how annoying. Yeah. What's more, I believe the more I play, the worse I get. I, I liken this game to smoking meth. The first go was amazing, <laughs> but then it started to get under my skin, slowly starting to destroy my life and everything around it. So far this week, this game has caused me to burn the dinner twice, drop well over a hundred loud sea bombs, oh and, and shout at every living thing in my house. <laughs> fiance, son, cat, and even baby. Baby, <laughs> both. It was at this point I switched it off and vouched never to return to it. I must I must have never I must add I've never smoked meth, but this game got me to a point where I considered cooking some up. Walter White. I look like Walter White apparently. You do. Have you ever cooked yeah. up meth on the hob at home? Not on the hob, no You do it in the microwave, it's a lot quicker. Yeah. It's like popcorn, it's all right. But more yeah. Moorish. It's a bit more Moorish in popcorn. It destroys your life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Apart from that, it's not bad. Yeah. I solely believe anyone can loot this game simply is not of this planet or needs to be cast for Rain Man 2. I also think this is the hardest game you've featured and thus am formally well and truly lo- launching my toys out of the pram. Good day, sir. Hold on a minute. It's not the hardest game we've done so far, is it? Well, we'll get on to that, mm. won't we? P.S. On a slightly more serious note, have you guys ever considered having live streams of you playing the featured game on Twitch or YouTube? Think it would be a hoot to watch? There would be much swears. We'd be banned. Lots of C-bombs. Yeah, and and F-bombs and P-bombs and T-bombs and R-bombs. Yeah. (laughs) Probably. Yeah. I don't think that would be a wise thing to do, actually. Just us just swearing a lot. It'd just be constant mm. beeping all the way. You wouldn't even hear the arcade music. And me crying at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> Can't do it. Uh, Michael Vortman. Did I understand you right in the last show? You did not get the picture of the main cabinet he built. So here it is, not completely finished yet, but fully working. And there's two little people playing it in their pyjamas. Yeah. I like seeing little kids playing arcade games. That's absolutely marvellous. And he's got on it. Oh, he's themed it over a game called Rabbit Punch, which I'm not familiar with. But the kids are playing Gauntlet. Good on you, kids. I have some tips for you, Michael, about this machine. Get a CRT in there if you possibly can, because he's got a flat screen in there at the moment. But if you can't, mm. at least get a nice, bezel to hide, a nice bezel to hide the sides of the widescreen monitor and get Main to play it in 4.3. Use some of the scanline effects in Main to get it looking as authentic as possible. And those kids look like having a right good time on it. So good on you. Yeah. Nice. 
Bill Kendrick itchy nose test. It has a name. It does. I always get I always get an itchy nose playing any of the Wipeout Racing shooty series on PlayStation to the point of shoving the controller in my face to scratch rather than pausing. <laughs> we some yeah talked about the itchy nose test didn't we last yeah. last time. If you can't itch your nose between levels of games, it's too quick. Mm. It's like on Berserk. When I play Berserk, you finish the room off, you go right near the exit, and I just wait there for a second, have a scratch, have a drink, what I've got I need to do, before Otto comes. You've got time to actually do that, usually. Mm. If you've got time between levels, it's too quick. Uh, we had four players submit a score for Strikers 1945-3 after the deadline. Thanks for playing anyway. Captain Crispy, Mark Bell, Matthew Pont, and Woody. Mm. Just missed out on the deadline. Sorry, guys. Well over 40 players on that. It's Shows what a quality, quality game it was. Oh, here's one I've been in contact with. Island Pirate, our friend in the Canadian Islands, and Mrs. Island Pirate, actually, have been on again, and he's been continued finding some very nice cabinets. He got a Space Wars cab for a very nice price. Has also been offered some NOS monitors, too. Loads of cool arcade pickups where he is. Well, after the huge, massive, long round trips he does to get these things... He's been giving me some hints on ghouls and ghosts too, but I think my mind was really made up by then. And mm. to add to this, he's been on a raid. He's been telling me all about it. He's been going through a, a pile of PCBs, an absolute massive pile of PCBs. And hopefully, I'm going to get to talk to him in the future. We'll feature him on the show probably next time, I reckon. He can talk about the raid Excellent. he did and all the stuff he's got. It's interesting where he is. I know exactly where he is where he got it from, and the scene in Canada, which we don't really hear a lot about, do we? Oh, that's good. Yeah, so I'll be listening, talking to him again. So thank you for that, Mr. and Mrs. Island Pirate. Hmm. Here we have the lovely Constable Neil, 20 to 5. What did you call him? Constable. <laughs> Carry on. He's a policeman, isn't he? Yes, he is. A, a detective. So he's going to kill me now. I can't remember if he's a detective or something like that. He's defective. Yes, that's it. Oh, Neil. Young Neil, defective. 20 to 5. Hi, guys. Time for some feedback. I should have written this when I had to listen to the podcast, but I didn't, and middle age means that I've now forgotten most of what I should be typing. That happens to me. What are cows again? No, I don't start that again. Coloured sheep. I don't know. It was good having young Vip guesting, mixing things up a little bit, although he may have been there as a referee between you two (laughs) squabbling kids, as you mildly differed in your opinions of the last game. Yeah, it's good that. It's funny that. To continue, though, I wanted to expand on something that Shawnee said near the end of the game review about bullet hell shooters and getting into the zone, about how you are rubbish to start with, but after a few games you can find your quiet place and start carrying out wondrous weaves through the enemies and you really see your scores start to improve. I really attuned to this, but with Robot Ron, which is a game that is insanely difficult when you first start with, with a bit of time, effort and endurance, you can really see your scores improve. I think he's really into this one at the minute. I would love to get one million on this, but I've still got a good way to go. I've got a hell of a long way to go for one million, like 900,000. Anyway, time to go and let you guys talk about stuff that other folk actually want to hear about. And anyway, I have a new game to play, picked by Ben. Nearly got Carnival, but ghoulies and ghosties it is. Now, there has been quite a lot of differing views on Twitter so far over this game, with Mr. Marmite harumphing all over the internet. So I'll finish off with a gentle reminder of what Vic said in this episode before the game was chosen. Right, this is what, this is what you said, apparently, at 1 hour, 42 minutes and 8 seconds. Vic was talking about the difficulty of strikers. It's just brutal, and games like that, they annoy me. But stuff like Ghosts and Goblins or Ghouls and Ghosts, they are very butru- brutal games, but I still like them. 
Hum, Mr. Marlon, were you fibbing possibly? Explanation, please. Right, explanation. Mr. Facts and figures and truth, young Neil. <laughs> the thing is, you do think this. It's the ten pence effect again. I've played Ghouls and Ghosts just very briefly while looking through May. I had a quick go of it, quick go wherever it's an arcade, whatever. Don't think much of it. But when you start playing it properly and you're trying to get into it, and you realise this game looks good and feels good, sounds good, but the, the difficulty is ruining it. And when we talk mm. about it later on, I'll explain mm. a bit more. But back then, I didn't realise how ridiculously difficult it was. And it kind of ruins it for most people. So we'll get yeah. on to that. Sal Buglerissi. Oh, I fucking hate this game. <laughs> I put game in quotes because the game is supposed to be fun, isn't it? Well, this is exactly the opposite of fun. It's so bloody frustrating to play. It's a real shame because I love the graphics and the music is actually very, very good. Somehow it kept me going back a few days in a row. But I literally got to the point now of completely giving up. Sorry, but this game cannot simply compete with a true classic like Kangaroo or Alibaba. Anyway, here's the best I could do. 19,800. Silly Steve. Great. Uh, Silly Steve, great podcast as usual, guys. I was going through your older ones and I've realised I've been listening to you guys for years now. All top stuff except Victor saying the Amiga is pretty rubbish. Wash your mouth out. I saw Steve at the London Gaming thing. He was going, why don't you like the Amiga? I said, it's just junk, mate. It's (laughs) slow and just there. (laughs) So many great games you should check out. A game called Vertical Force, he says. It's a bit like Gravitar. I will not like that, will I? Uh, no. Also, I might have found a modernist shooter for you to like, Vic. Check out Space Bomber. I only played it a little bit, so don't put it on the listener picks from me, as I don't want it to be bad and get a reputation if it turns out to be a bit rubbish, but I'm finding it quite fun. Space Bomber is a cutesy kind of Gallagher kind of shooter from Sikio, so it's bound to be good. No, it's not. Bound to be awesome. Uh, ben Granville. Granville? Fetch your dead a dry cloth. On Ghouls and Ghosts, it's the video game equivalent of getting kicked in the plums. That said, I'm sure there are people that enjoy that too. Oof. Richard Broadhurst. Hi, guys. Thanks, Sean Tronads and Charlie Farr, for making me welcome at Arcade Club last night, and to Vic and Sean for the greatest podcast that I had saved for the four-hour journey home. It was great to meet Andy, too, who was who has great passion for his arcade, as well as the machines and caring for his guests. Warlords was, was fun with Sean and Dave getting in the excuses early. Maybe we can have a rematch at Revival. Yeah, my dial was faulty. Oh yeah, I've heard that old one before. It was moving without me moving the dial, so I just I couldn't. I got destroyed three times. You always do. I'm quite good at Warlords, actually. I'm not bad. Shout out! Right, some shout outs to some people. Alex Nintendo Arcade came around Tuesday last, 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 and filmed me in my games room for his game room tours. There's a very funny bit in it. Go watch it. Also, thanks to Alex and his lunchbox van for helping pick up the electrical cab from Tony. Uh, Tony Temple for initially picking up the cab and holding it for me for a while. Thank you, Tony. Uh, Striker has got a new synthwave album out. The artist known as 24-7, and the album is called Neon. If you like 90s arcade game soundtracks, you'll love this music. Should we put a bit of it in there now? Yeah, put a bit on. Let's put a track on.
also Island Pilot and Sarah Sailor, who's Mrs. Island Pilot, from Canadia Land. I had a chat to him on Skype about a few things he was had going on. Hopefully he's going to come on the podcast and tell us about them real soon, question mark. Sarah's mm. busy shouting swears at ghouls and ghosts. Oh, I'm going to give just a few shout outs. The arcade club regulars are always there. Troy and Ads, Charlie Farr, Mark, happy dude. Good night last night. Enjoyed it. And a shout outs to everybody in the world. Before we go on to the next section of the podcast, listeners may have heard a squeaky dog of mine in the background. Sorry about that. I've just given him a calf's foot to chew on. Calf's foot, nice. It's like one of those, oh, I don't know, it's like a sort of leathery, stinky, chewy thing. But It smells like a farmer. It's absolutely horrible. But he loves chewing it. You will not hear a peep out of him now. He just sits there gnawing on it. What do calves grow up to be, Vic? Big calves? No, nearly. We'll Le- work I on know, it. legs. You've got a calf <laughs> in your leg, haven't you? Is that what it is? Yes, uh, like yes that. that's it. Something like that, isn't it? Yes. So this is a section you poo-pooed. What? What I was going to do is I've been t- I've been playing a few of these um, arcade homage games on the PC lately, like oh, the yes. Locomolito games. I'm playing a game called Hydra. It's not Hydora. It's Hydra. It says it at the start. Actually, a voice says Hydra, and it's sort of mm. like a Gradius type of Nemesis kind of game. It's yeah. really really good. What I was thinking. And the listeners will have to t- give us some feedback on this, see what they think. As I was playing a few of them, and I was thinking, what games that are, really look like they came out of the arcade? You remember we used to do a section on it ages ago, you know, games that should have been in the arcade? Yeah. And obviously these are remakes and ports and what sort of stuff. They were never actually in the arcade, but they are, they are homages to games of that ilk. And some of the Locomolito games are really, really good. I've been playing them, they're excellent. What I was mm. thinking is the listeners could find some for us. Maybe you can download them off Steam or they're free downloads, whatever. But they've got to be arcade, very similar arcade games. And what I was going to do is, is ask the listeners to pick one we could play for one of our challenges. Just do a one-off, a one-off. Mm. And you talk to some goons at Arcade Club and they weren't keen yeah. on it. Yeah, arcade it's goons. Arcade. It's not arcade, is it? It's not. But I was thinking just do a one-off because I listened to a podcast um, – called Eaten by a Groom, where Kevin yeah. Carrington just do games done by Infocom, like mm-hmm. the Zork games and you know all that sort of stuff. And they did one different game. When Thimbleweed Park came out, which is a point-and-click adventure game, they did that. And people really enjoyed it. It's just like a little sort of break from what they normally do. And I was thinking maybe we should just do a game that's arcade-inspired, but wasn't actually in an arcade, and would look good on an arcade machine. So mm-hmm. listeners, tell us what you think. If not, I'll forget about it. But if we have overwhelming thoughts against Holly and his arcade goons at Arcade Club, yeah. we'll, we'll do one. But we'll have to see. But some of these games are really good. I think I think Hydra is actually being developed for the arcade on arcade hardware. It's obviously That's in, the in, one, yeah. yeah. We talked about it, didn't we? So yeah. that will be an actual arcade game. Um, but I think it'd be quite pricey because obviously to go in an arcade machine in an arcade, you know, paying its way sort of thing. Maybe Andy will have it one day at Arcade Club. That'd be cool. Yes, if it's a featured game and the listeners had to buy it before they played it, it might be difficult. That's the thing, though, yeah. The ones I'm playing are all free games. You don't actually have to buy them. They're all free. The Locomolito ones are free. And I think right. a lot of the ones that people do homages to are free downloads. Yeah, you've got a point there. We don't want to you know, make people buy stuff to just join in with our game. Hmm. I'm not so sure because I think it should just stay pure arcade. If I had a beard of... right now, I'd be scratching it. There's lots of other, like, there's lots of other PC-based podcasts, you know. I don't know. Anyway, 
Leave it up to the listeners. Let's go on to a feature we normally do. Best games by year. And I'm going to do it this time. This is 1982. I was nine years old. You were 37. I was 12. You were 12. I was 12 years old. Oh, yeah. So this is favourite games by the year. Uh, some of the ones I can get off with straight 18 Challenge Pro Golf, Alibaba and 40 Thieves, Angler Dangler, Flyboy, yeah. Funky Bee and Goldbug. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. They're the terrible games from 1982. You see what I did there? <laughs> Alibaba's not terrible. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's just, it's just okay. Naff. Naff. Right, here <laughs> is the classic list. I'm going to read some out, and I'll enjoy your comments. I'll do some comments. Some banging classics, right? Amidar. I hate it, but it has a lot of love with other people. Gorillas. Anteater. Bizarre original game, which we're going to cover in the near future. Ants. Bagman, odd but fun game dogged by its difficulty. Thieves. Black Widow, colour vector twin stick shooty action. Window, no, not windows, Win- widows. <laughs> I was looking at that and I thought you'd say windows. Windows. Uh, also, Vic, you've, you've missed one out. If this if this is an alphabetical list, you've missed out Bump and Jump by Day Tree. It was an honest mistake. <laughs> Burger time, shove pepper right in an egg's face. Burgers. Dig Dug, a personal top five game. Everyone knows I have a Euro cabinet and will probably be buried in it. Holes. Donkey Kong Jr. We did it not long, too long ago, and it's a minus 5,000 degrees Celsius stone cold classic. Apes. Eyes. Am I helping with these? You're helping a lot, actually. Keep it up. <laughs> Eyes. A slightly obscure game, but we both loves it. Eyes in hats. Is that a hat with eyes in it? Or an eye with a hat on? You decide, listeners. Yeah. (laughs) Food fight. I think I like the cab more than the actual game. It's a bit simple. I'm a bit simple. You've put one on here. Gravatar Atari. You missed that. Unplayable. Totally unplayable due to its ridiculous difficulty. Only Rain Man could do the first level of this game. Charlie Farr nearly finished it. He got to the invisible levels and then it broke down at Arcade Club and is not back on the floor yet. Exactly. He's Rain Man and he broke it. I'm an excellent driver. It could be Rain Man. He could be. Jungle King struck Jungle Hunt. I have fond memories of playing this on Portland in Dorset at the Prison Officers Club. Tarzan, do the damn yell. (laughs) Not bad, eh? Not bad. All right, eh? Kangaroo, naff but lovely. Beautiful Atari cab. Kangapoo. <laughs> Millipede by Atari. You missed that out. Poor man's centipede. That's why I didn't put it on. I hope he gets bored of using reverb soon. Or a rich man's... What's that other game? Slither. A rich... Can you remember Slither? Yeah. Mm. Moon Patrol. A Holly favourite and a Victor favourite on Vectrex. OMG. FFS. FML. So good. YOLO. <laughs> you could listen to the kids again, haven't you? Don't know what that means. Shall we miss out Mr. Do on purpose just to make Ian Ski cry? Mm. It's a great little game that I need to get back into. I really do. Mr. Don't. You missed Nibbler from Rockola. I didn't Tim, miss Nibbler. Tim. I think it's an awful game. Tim McVeigh's going to kick your head in. He probably will. He's already unhappy with me for telling me I should yeah. knock out all the old Twin Galaxies. No, it's a, it's a good game. You can, you can get a billion points on. How cool is that? Well, mm. he can anyway. Pengo. Far too hard. A good game. Ice blocks. Pole position. 
the start of good driving games. Skids. <laughs> Skids. Popeye, a great little game that Alex got me liking when he had a cab of it. Spinach. Poop, poop. <laughs> Cuba, have I not said recently how much I love Cuba and his hooty snoot? Orange. I don't know if I've written orange for it. He's orange, isn't he? He is orange, yeah. yeah. Rescue, such an underrated game. Twitchy. Robbery Twitchy. Tron, Robotron. King of the twin stick shooters. Roberts. Sinistar Williams, you missed Sinistar out. I live. Run, coward. Gives me the willies every time that does. That's a pretty good impression, that. Not bad. Time Pilot, a timeless classic. Do you see what I did there? <laughs> Spinny round. Zevius, a simple but good vertical shmup. Lovely Atari cab. Shiny. The, the metallic ships, shiny. They are. Zaxxon from Sega. You missed out. We need to move it to the rubbish section at the top. <laughs> no, it's, it has historical importance for its original gameplay and stealable fight, flight stick. Remember, you stole that flight oh, stick we from our flight stick. I didn't. I put it in the thing to get it fixed. You Such... said to me you were going to nick it and make your own Zaxxon cab. No, I was not. I hate Zaxxon. <laughs> it's such a broken game, isn't it? <laughs> It, I, it's all right. I think. Do you know anyone who likes Zaxxon? Charlie Farr. Does he? Yeah. But he's he's weird. He's, he's a rain man. He is a, he's, he's he's a rainy rain. man. Mm. Zookeeper. Another early covered podcast game. I think it was number two we did. I used to hate this, but it really gripped me. I played it just the other day, and I should have been playing Ghouls and Ghosts. Aminals. Aminals. Right, and to the end of this list, there's the odd... Maybe not heard of, but still cool list I've added on. Calypso. Cool, but really difficult diving-based game. It reminds me of CNP's Vectrex game, Big Blue, but his game right. was actually better. Uh, Changes, a really fun maze-type game. Kind of Pac-Man, crossed with Ladybug. Yeah. Uh, Dazzler. I found a Century Electronic game is actually quite good. Believe, <laughs> yeah. it, believe it or not, wow. it is actually good. Devilfish. This is a really odd maze game with obese octopi. No, I'm not on crack. It's got fat octopuses in it. Is this Pac-Man hardware? Yes. It's at, well, it's Galaxian hardware. It's on, it's on the Galaxian uh, multi I've got. It's a right. really weird game. I quite like it. It's quite addictive. Uh, Dorodon. It's a weird falcon game, a bit like Ladybug, another game like that. So I've got a big fat man in it with, what are they called, them brace things? Braces? Dungarees. No, no. Dungarees. This is you play a little blob and you can you can spin things around and knock the monsters off like Pac-Man cross with Ladybug again. It's a funny game. Have a look at it. Mighty Monkey. They had this in a cocktail at a youth club I used to go when I was tiny. Uh, mm. Minky Monkey. A lot of monkeys in this. Minky Monkey. A cool little game. Climb vines and grab fruit while avoiding stuff. Kind of game. It sort yes. of reminds me of the chain level on Donkey Kong Junior, which you probably wouldn't like. Have a look. Mm. It's a good game. It's a good game. Uh, Swimmer. We did this ages ago after I played it the first time in Barcade in New York. We've covered that before. Tasmania, we've also covered on the podcast. Another game that I liked. I played this in the chip shop in rugby when I was just a kid. They had an analysis cab as well. And hopefully it'll be on the Scramble multi harbour so I'll be able to play it on an ISIS cab again and recapture my youth. Captured. Captured. Right, this one, I deny anyone who can pronounce it. This is... If I have another three cans of that um, McEwen's export, I'll be like, that's how you pronounce it. It's ZZY, ZZY, XX. Zizix? I don't know. It's a nice original game. Kind of a get to the top and then back down again kind of game with with bricks. 
I'm not really selling it, am I? Sorry, Cinematronics. I'm not the PR guy you may have been looking for. So, what what is your what would game? What would you say was the best game from 1982 out of this lot? You're allowed to pick the best one, and maybe some runners up. You can squeeze okay. them in if you like. Well, you know, there's doubts, doubts. and there's shadows. Yes, and shadows of doubts. Yes, but without a shadow of a doubt, Moon Patrol. Oh, okay. I think this is this is in my top five of all time now. I'm mm. still playing. I'm still playing it. Followed by Time Pilot, which I got a respectable three hundred thousand on last night using the Wallace, the Gromit, not the Gromit. I thought you get six hundred thousand on that. I can do, but that's point pressing. I was just playing it normal. Okay, yeah, I can get that three hundred thousand when I play the best. So my pick are obviously Dig Dug. Ooh, followed by many others, but number two would probably be Rescue. Or Donkey Kong Jr. And that's two for number two. But hey, bite me. I don't care. <laughs> Those games are just brilliant. There's loads of brilliant ones in the early 80s. Probably my favourite. They call it the golden era, don't they? Mm. So yeah, definitely those ones. Oh. Flyer quiz. I have a flyer quiz for Shawnee. Come on. Now, I've got Bring. these on paper notes. Bring it. Flappy, flappy, flappy notes. So, got to tell me the year. Oh, uh, I think they're different years. They might be 1984. Oh, I thought we were going to keep it to the same year. I think they are 1984, actually, because when I find them on the Flyer website, they are in the same year. So, yeah, let's let's say 1984. Right, okay. You're not going to get them anyway, so it doesn't matter. Okay. First one Blank Blank is more fun than a barrel of monkeys. Although it has enough monkeys to satisfy just about anyone. But don't be fooled by this playful little character. Blank Blank is one tough little cookie and he always seems to be in trouble. Monkeys. Sean. (laughs) This is your inner conscience speaking. He just said monkeys. Think about monkeys. Where would monkeys be? In trees. Yeah, but where would they be if they were performing? Monkeys. Circus Charlie. Yes. How do you get that? Is someone helping you? No. I I always call it Circus Chabli. Because when I bought a a Famiclone in Japan, there was a game called Circus Chabli. They obviously just spelt it wrong. And I always call it either Circus Charles or Circus Chabli. (laughs) Well done. One for one. Yay. Number two. Mm. Zap the enemy out of the sky with a high-caliber blaster head. The legendary and high-earning Blank is back in a new power, fast-moving game as Blank. With just a push of a button, the blaster head will pick off the enemy one after another. The Mega Galactic Warrior is born. Phalanx attack, hyper attack, and cyclone attack. Is that like Terra Cresta or something? No. Warm. So it's just a, a, a shooter with three-stage ship or something? Mm. Is it Danger UFO, Dangar UFO? Nope. No. Not really again. If I read it again, I have to put it on the floor. Oh, damn it, you, Holly! Have you got one one game per sheet? Uh, no. Well, one of them's got a picture on. So, here we go. Zap the enemy out of the sky with the picture. No. Oh. Zap the enemy out of the sky with the high caliber blaster head. The legendary and high end blank is back in a new higher power, fast moving game as blank. With just a push of a button, the blaster head will pick off the enemy one after another. The Mega Collector Warrior is born. 
Phalanx attack, hyper attack, and cyclone attack. I don't know. Have you made it up? No. Do you want to know what it is? Yeah. Gap plus. Three attacks and gap plus. Well, no, it's not three attacks. It's different versions of the thing. Like when you said Terra Cresta, you can split your ship up. You can, yeah. you can grab loads of ships on Gap Plus, remember? You can't just grab mm. one. You can grab, like, a whole line of them. Yeah. Remember? Oh. Uh, see. One for two. Bum. Right. Blank eats cherries. Blank is trapped by elevator. Blank eats porker. Blank captured by froggy. Blank rings for elevator. Can't be elevator action. Nope, we've done the game on the podcast. Oh, super glob. Yes. Damn you, Holly. <laughs> right then. Skillfully operate blank so that it quickly reaches the raft by jumping from log to log or from a seesaw to seesaw. The monkey on a log or a seesaw can be wiped out if blank jumps upon the log or the seesaw with perfect timing. The monkey leaping upon blank can also be wiped out if blank skillfully dodges it by jumping up. Be careful and dodge crocodiles, volcanoes, piranhas and spears thrown by natives. That is not politically correct. An extra game of reward if blank gets on a log or seesaw of a different colour. A bonus game will be rewarded if blank reaches the final goal on a map. I know this. Go on. Jumping jump Jack. Yes, easy. Yay. Jump, jump, jump. We did that one. one as well, didn't we? We did. I like that game a lot. It's a good game. Here we go. You'll never get this one. Yes, Attack will. by firing in volleys. Continue to fire your force beam in volleys to destroy the enemy fighters that assault you in ever-changing movements. Hit bonus targets without fail. Be sure to hit two kinds of bonus target appearing on the screen. When the present area has been cleared, you can make a high bonus score. Join with purser. When shooting down a funny blob thing that appears with the enemy, a purser will appear. Join with a purser and your space patroller will gain in power. Destroy alpha target. Sean, it's your inner monologue again. Yeah, the on. last thing he said. It's a bit of a clue. Destroy the alpha target. It's easy, you idiot. Come on. Alpha. Is there anything going on in here? <laughs> Let me out. It's empty in your head. Alpha. Alpha. It's oh, alpha. come on. He's waiting. The listeners are list- waiting for you Pl- to say something. Plus alpha. No. Oh. Oh, sure. There's a lot of dead air going on. The listeners the are star- going crazy. The star Force. Star Force. Are you reading this? Can you see this? Is it Star Force? Star Force, yeah. Because oh, the first the first enemy is Alpha. Is that what it is? Oh, yeah. How do you get that one? That was one? a guess. That was a guess. I think that is it, because the last bit of paper is actually a pin-out for Phoenix. I must have taken too many bits of paper in with me. I think you got four out of five. You didn't have get not, Gapless. Did you not, have you not got a Robert Smith in the creepy leg or something like that? Or? I'm not an idiot. I don't make stuff up on the fly like you. Robert Smith in the wonky ear. Hey, if Robert Smith were listening, it was his birthday mm. yesterday. He was 59. Well done, Robert. Wow. And he's still awesome. Mm. Right then, ghouls and ghosts. Featured game review. Yes! Here we go. Ghouls and Ghosts from Capcom 1988, sequel to the 1985 smash hit Ghosts and Goblins. It's an eight-way stick with two buttons, although Mark XSX Mosquitoes says switching to four-way makes the game play better. You don't actually need the eight directions. No. It runs on the legendary CPS hardware, which is now sort of CPS 1, it's called Final Fight, Street Fighter 2, Forgotten Worlds, UN Squadron. They all ran on this hardware. Mm-hmm. 
and it's known as Robert Smith. Oh, no, it's not. It's known as Daimakamura in Japan, which translates to Great Demon World Village. That's a good name. A village full of demons, you say? Mm. Morning, Lucifer. How's it hanging? I'm okay, Zabon. Not going so bad. Got a sweet gig with that arcade game company, Capcom. Oh, aye. What you got to do? Some end-of-level boss kind of thing. You're good at them. Yeah, same old, same old. Although this time, those poor player suckers have got to get through the game twice before they can get to me. I do hate Capcom in evil ways, but the money is good. Eat you bugger. Nice one, arcade. Do you reckon they'll let me be level 5 boss? Maybe. On a scale of 1 to shitbag, how evil are you? Oh, definitely shitbag me. Rightio, I'll get you in. Now shall we swing by the bakery before torturing some souls? Oh yes. Can I have a custard slice? Game info. There's some ghoulies. There's some ghosties. The end. How to play. It's too hard. The end. Tips and secrets. None. It's impossible. The end. Graphics and sound. Gorgeous, but impossible. The end. Cabinet art. Now. Kit only. Probably impossible to find an arcade machine due to demons poking you in the bum with tridents. Oh! Have you seen this? There's a Japanese flyer for Daimakamura. Have you seen these weird cabinets? No, I haven't. I'm clicking on it as we speak. Click on dot link. Click on dot link. You sound like a demon, Sean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're weird, aren't they? Like little yeah. pedestal things. Mm. How strange. It's like a top half of a normal-looking candy cab, and it's like a little silly plinthy bit it's sitted on, and a, and a flat bottom to it. They'd get pushed over, wouldn't they, unless they're bolted down? Mm, sitted Ooh, on? Uh, Did you say sitted on? Is that like a citadel? Sitted on, yeah. It's like a citadel, but you sit on it, obviously. Right, let's do a real game description, Sean. Take it away. Take it away. The other game on that flyer is Strider, so they must have done a, maybe a few games like that. Anyway, yeah. the real game description. Ghosts and Goblins is a fight-and-go-right style of platform game set in a spooky world inhabited by creatures of the night. Creature of the night. <laughs> you all know the story you're prince arthur and you've got to rescue the princess from a big demon you start your journey in a graveyard with throwing spears as a weapon and you move through a village a tower a forest and a castle any knackered villages yeah pretty knackered i'd say mm. on, on the way out yeah. arthur can now shoot up and down as well as left and right and he still loses his armor if he takes a hit from an enemy like in the first game yeah, so one more chances. hit and yeah. yeah, one more hit and he's, he's killed to death. He turns into Armor. a skeleton. He does. He like crumples into a, into a nicely animated skeleton. Skeleton. Armour can now be powered up one level and releases the power of plates. Plates? plates. Sorcerers. Uh, sorcery. Oh, yeah. Sorcery. The power of sorcery. Once the gauge is full at the bottom left of the screen. Levels also scroll up and down as well as left and right. You actually have to loop this five-level game twice, as you've said, to get to the final boss, who's called Graham from Telford, I think, is he? Yeah, it's Graham or Gordon, one of the two, yeah. Yeah, from Telford, before properly completing the game. Now, the levels are Haunted Graveyard, Village of Decay, and Town on Fire. Fire. Baron Rankle's Tower and the Horrible-Faced Mountains. Did a child make these up? Uh, Number four, The Crystal Cave and the Icy Descent. Number five, Lucifer's Castle, part one and Lucifer's Castle Part 2. And when you've done all the above again, you get to level 6, 
Lucifer's Chamber. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, I've done good points and bad points. Good points. This game looks gorgeous. Ooh. Even wife come in. Wife come in when I was playing it, and actually I was sitting here and the track screen was on. She goes, "Oh, that's a good-looking game," and she never notices games. Wow. Anyway, there's loads of character in the sprites, varied parallax scrolling backgrounds, lots of clever little graphical touches and animations. The music is suitably spooky in a cartoonish kind of way and fits the game perfectly. The game plays really well, and Arthur feels really good to control. Definitely. Yep. The, by Bad the time boy. the CPS one hardware came around, it was sixteen bit, sixty eight thousand processors, and some of the graphical touches in it are really, really nice. And it could obviously, it was very capable hardware to do these kind of games on. It looks and sounds mm-hmm. great. Bad points. In my opinion, all but two of the weapons you can collect in the game seem pretty lame, with weird arcs, f- throwing arcs, yeah. and short range crapness. So the weapons are in no particular order. You've got the giant sword. Which is, mm. you can't throw the sword. You actually hit things at close range with it, so it's a bit difficult to use. But it's twice the power of a normal weapon. Mm. And you've got the rubbish fire water, which is very similar to Ghosts and Goblins fireballs. You sort of mm. throw it in an arc, and it. But this one, when it lands, it puts fly, fire on the floor. So then walks onto it, it, gets killed. But you, obviously, it's a it's a short range thing again. You've got a discus, which is a weird looking thing. I didn't. Think, I don't think I've even played and got that. To be honest with you, you've got knives, the daggers, which is the best They're weapon right. to have. Um, very similar mm. to the one in Ghosts and Goblins. You can get the knives in Ghosts and Goblins. There's an axe, which is probably the rubbishest one, I reckon. Yeah. When you throw the axe, it throws it at sort of like a 25, 30 degree angle towards you. So you can't hit anything in front of you unless it's really close range. It's rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've got a lance, which is your normal weapon. And you also got the psycho cannon which is what you pick up the second loop round out of a box. The Goddess mm. of War turns up out of one of the treasure chests, and you get that. And that's what you've got to finish the game with to kill the demon at the end, to kill, to kill Lucifer. Mm. So when you've got the gold armor and you hold down the fire button, you get a superpower of the weapon you have. They all have different powers when ramped up with the super-duper gold armor, which is quite mm. different from the first game. You have to charge up the weapon, rather like the one in our type. Yes, right. I think this game is brutally, mercilessly, unrelentingly difficult, even on normal setting that we were playing it on. Mm -hmm. The only way to progress to any decent score is to memorize the beasts and pitfalls in the level and have an attack or dodge pattern at the ready. And while you can finish one loop of the game in 15 minutes, memorizing all the traps takes an awful lot of commitment and practice. It's almost like a puzzle game at some some points, such as getting over the rope bridges without falling into the pit, or riding on them demon tongues and dropping off to tiny platforms just below, just below at the right seconds. Oh man, it's so hard. Yeah, I I was watching Flinster play play this at Davo's meet a couple of Saturdays ago, and he got to the pits. And there's a bit where you're going across a rope bridge, and for no reason the rope bridge gives out, and you'll fall usually into something bad. Or if you fall mm. in the sand, you've got to sort of jump your way out of it and try again. Horrible game. It's just, just, it's designed to kill you every five seconds. It's like ruthless. Mm. So difficult. It's, you've got to learn where them 
the, the weak parts are in the rope bridge. It's like, yeah, you just got to... Yeah, it's, it's a memory game again, which I don't really like. It's basically mm. a very similar game to Ghosts and Goblins, but even harder. I mean, Ghosts and Goblins is notoriously difficult. But at least mm. in Ghosts and Goblins, you're given a bit of a chance. Ghosts and Ghosts just yeah. keeps pounding away at you until you rage quit. I couldn't even do the first level. That bad. When you get to that bit at the end of the level where you sort of got to go up the, the, the zigzag hills and there's those yeah. horrible flowers frying skulls out at you and there's a wiggly plants that keep flying up and they keep coming as well. The plants don't stop coming. They keep coming if you don't shoot them. They keep yeah. coming. So you've got to do it quickly and avoid everything. I couldn't even do that bit. I got to the top twice and got killed by the piggies, the porky things. Yeah, just everything is attacks you. God. It, it just becomes a chore. When there's that much, there's no respite for five seconds just to chill out and just kill a few things off quickly and, and you know just easily go through it. It's just a challenge all the time. It doesn't stop. I've got a feeling mm. this is probably the game for people who could complete Ghosts and Goblins. And only those yeah. people. Only those people. For people yeah, like us, to... just standard games, but it's just too difficult. You've just got to learn it. You've just got to learn every single second of it and then just move through it so trivia there's an ex mosquito speed up video we'll talk about his score in a bit that's really good we'll put a, a link in the notes to watch that and on the flyer i noticed in the corner of the flyer there's introducing capcom's new computer aided difficulty adjustment which automatically adjusts to each player's skill level ask your representative for details so if you're doing well it's one of these like ranking on shooting ups yeah. it probably gets harder if you're doing well well apparently I actually played the game on easy mode. I put it on level one, easy. It was exactly the same. And I did hear someone saying, every 30 seconds, it, it ramps up one level. So if you're playing it and you don't get killed for 30 seconds, it ramps up a level and then keeps going. So you're back to where you are anyway. So there's no point yeah. of even having a difficulty. What's the point of having it? So if you had an arcade yeah. right, say in America, you put an arcade, it was Chuck E. Cheese, where kids are going to be eating pizza and, and having you know, playing games, it's just going to be exactly the same as playing an adult's arcade game or people who are really good at it. So what's the point of even mm. having difficulty? The reason we have difficulty is for people who are not that good at playing or who want to sort of practice or whatever. So you have an easy level and then you have medium for the normal games players and then if you're having a tournament, put it on hard level maybe. So what is the point of having that? It just seems silly. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Yes. So I have a couple more videos. Tagster's run. and He's nearly ne one CC'd it. All yeah. twice, you know, going through it twice. He's really close now. And an excellent run from a YouTuber called Neo Axquas. Neo Zaquas. Neo Zaquas? Can't read it. But yeah, there's just, we're putting mm. all these on the show notes. That's how you play it, not how we're playing it. Absolutely. So there were a few, well, there was one follow up to this uh, Super Ghouls and Ghosts on the SNES. That was a game of its own. And mm -hmm. the thing I remember about Super Ghouls and Ghosts is you've got a double jump. You can jump once, and when you're in the air, you press jump, you can jump even higher. So that probably get you out of trouble. Ah. Mm, I remember it being a good game, but then again, it's probably really hard like this one. Uh, the Maximo games on a PS2, question mark. They were sort of a 3D kind of Ghosts and Goblins game, and I think you do play Arthur as well. So it is sort of a ah. spiritual successor. Uh, it's set in the world of Ghosts and Goblins, certainly. So to me, it's kind of a sequel. They have very good games on a PS2. I really like those. I actually had both the originals when I had a PS2 back in the day. Really enjoy those Is games. Mm, very good. Yeah. Uh, 8 and 16-bit computer versions. Amstrad TPC, Commodore Amiga, Atari ST, Commodore 64, and ZX Spectrum all got it. 
Uh, and using our friend's saying from the Arcade Perfect podcast, I'd say the Spectrum version gets the golden turd. <laughs> they do the golden turd on their podcast, and that's yeah. what the Spectrum one would get. Uh, Mega Drive and Master System got versions too, with the Master System doing that thing they did with 8-bit console games, where you get to buy power-ups from a shop. Why, why do they add shops and power-ups to these games on the 8-bits? It's weird. They did a lot of that on the on the NES and the, and the Master System. The Master System version is a little bit slower, but looks a tad easy to play. The Mega Drive version is very close to the arcade version. Uh, the PC Engine Super Graphics, which was the add-on which was very short-lived on the PC Engine, there's only like five games ever released on it. They got a version of the Ghouls and Ghosts as well. And it's nearly right. a perfect port. Nearly perfect. And the Sharp X68000 got a pixel-perfect version. Surprise, surprise. They got all the decent hardware ports on that machine. And many later systems got it on classic packs like Capcom Generations, etc. Yep. Perfectly perfect emulated versions. Right. Shall we go through the scores from bottom to top? Yes. Uh, Orcade high score is 624,000 using difficulty B, and we're using 4, which is D. Twin Galaxy's MAME is 1.26 million using difficulty 4 and 3 lives, same as us. So at the bottom of the pile is... Oh, it's me. Oh, do you know why? I just rage quit. I couldn't play it. Mm. I got about 7,000 points. Didn't even do the first level. Pathetic. Uh, This game can... Right off. <laughs> That's my comment. <laughs> I know. Ed Horse, one of his office people, thanks for getting everyone involved. Ed, uh, Ed Horse, Steve. Ed Steve. 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 10,700. And he's put everyone enjoyed this, although it's, a diff- although it's difficult, says Ed. Cult classic. Yeah. Another one of Ed's guys, Andy K, 11,400. Exploding Pinball Man, 11,500. Too much like a console game, is put. Mm. Uh, Sailor Sarah, at 12,700. Good on you. Well done. Michael Vortman, 13,500. Doesn't this game have a scoreboard? Am I just too bad? Imagine you'd have to put real... Imagine if you had to put real money into it. Too difficult. It does have a scoreboard, and I never saw it. (laughs) Island Pirate, our man in Canada land, 14,000 dead. We both quit on effing ghouls and ghosts. We liked it so much we were selling the machine tomorrow. The game, he, the machine he was playing it on, he sold. He hated it that much. God. He is Jimmy, 14,500. Playing, playing with an eight-way stick is not fun. Playing at all is not fun. <laughs> Matthew Bridge, 14,900. Carl Parry, 15,600. Sneaked onto the high score table, he's put... Ian Cullen has equaled that, 15,600. Pardon my French, but this is effing horse excrement. <laughs> Vip, Vip, Ben, 15,700. I got to level two and died in the sand pits. Stacy King, 16,900. This is definitely one of those rewarding games where each game you feel yourself getting a little better and make more and more progress. But the fixed jump is 90% of the reason for my deaths. Mm. Captain Crispy, 18,600. Before this week, I couldn't get to the first checkpoint. Definitely a memory game with some luck involved. GJ Harris, 18,700. The console versions are better as they give you the double jump, which bloody well helps a lot. Isn't that just Super Ghouls and Ghosts on the SNES? I don't know if the Mega Drive one has got that as well. I don't know. Mm. Ben Granville, 18,900. She is Jimmy. This is he is Jimmy's wife. Uh, 19,100. Excellent score. Scored on 
wife's first ever go. She didn't know it was a side scroll and spent all six minutes shooting ghoulies on the first screen. <laughs> Point pressing woman. Well done. Well Woody, 19,700. On my homemade 10 pence inspired cabbies put. No tools, so quite proud of my effort. Hopefully the community won't put me straight in the hall of shame. Oh, all right, yeah. That's his cab we're on a bit, he's on about, yeah. Yeah, um, I'm not thinking I've seen the cab yet. P- pictures, please. Troll Nads, 19,700. This game is no good for my blood pressure. Not known a game. Get me so angry in a fair while. Yeah, what's it like being trolled by a game? Tronads. <laughs> <laughs> Salbug, Salbug, 19,800. It's so bloody frustrating to play. It's a real shame because I love the graphics and the music is actually very, very good. Agreed. Shane Shooty Pants Hollister, that's, that's you, 19,900. And I did try on it as well, and yeah. I'm just crap at it. Rob Carpenter, 20,100. First stab at the Ghoulies, more like first stab in the Ghoulies. Wish it was Ghosts and Goblins. Slightly more of a fighting chance. And what are those flying fart wrapped tapered turd-looking things about? I don't know what weapon he's on about there. It's... It's when you're running through the rain. Did you get to that? You must have got past that bit. Yeah, I did. It's, it's, Ghosts and Goblins has got exactly the same bit on the level. You get these like whirlwindy things, and they're sort of bit evil things with big knifey hands. Yeah. They do look like turds. Yeah, they're brown. Mm. And you've got to jump over them, and you've got to be... Oh, that's, that's really hard straight Shoot away. Shoot them right in back. Oof. Matthew Pont, 20,400. Not going to have time this weekend to better my score. It's pretty useless, but Ghouls and Ghosts is so hard. Absolutely. This is Anna from Ed's People, 21,200. Damien IW, 21,5, getting better but still making silly mistakes. Uh, Nick Silversmurfer, 21,700. Really good game if you can put the time in. I'm sure it will reward you. No, don't want any rewards. Rewards equal more deaths, Mm. I say. Steve Tyke, 22,000. Going to take some effort to learn this one again. Brian Haribo, 22,500. Take a key for coming in. Not going to approve on this. I'm going to complete this work in one day using a couple of quid of continues. One day. Tactical Giles. 22,500. This game has all the elements to be a great game. Good graphics and sound. Good character design. But so many parts are just too hard and inherently unfair. And it just kills my enjoyment. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Luke from Ed's People. 25,100. Mark insert many coins and I bet he did. 44,300. Sol, 47,400. There's too many geezers hanging about in boxes for my liking. They've got an out better to do. <laughs> Actually, Paul no, Ma- if that's Sol, it'd be, there's too many geezers hanging about in boxes for my liking. They've got no better to do. <laughs> Fancy a brew? Paul McCaskey, 47,400. Still can't get past level three on a credit, but I've really enjoyed this game. It's a masterpiece. It's quite low scoring as well, isn't it? Until you get to the guys at the top. Mm. Button mashing fun. 52,400. Got to level three and forgot how difficult this one was. Mark, happy dude, 55-3. I do love this game, but I think I prefer it when I only play the odd game now and then. Mm. Chris Mooncrest the bootleg, 57,600. Made some progress. It's starting to grow on me now. Neil, 20 to 5, done well, 73,700. I'm enjoying this more than I ever thought. Having shunned this all my game in life, I'm smitten. Well, Neil, you're welcome to it. Charlie Farr, ooh. 79,600. Token error effort from me, I'm afraid. Haven't got it in me to learn a new game. Tipped my hat to X Mosquito for his awesome gameplay this week. 
Mm. Ed Horse himself, 79-800. Final go, I think. Beat Lava Boss and then the level with the Flying Dragons and four red flying devils in a row. Oh, my God. Dang. Oh. But... Uh, Phil from Ed Horse, he's beat, he's beat his boss. 118,400. Taxed 176,200. Tax has played. So the people that have played it a lot in the past, these are the, these are getting the mega scores. Yeah. Here's a video from this morning, which we've linked to. Loop it and made it to the last stage again, getting close to a, a true 1cc. Now, this score rating jumps massively now. Mark Bell, 937,100. Uh, having an internal debate if this is my favourite arcade of all time. Every time there's something different, surprising, infuriating, so much fun. And I say, something different? He means more deaths all the time. In first place is the excellent player Mark S- X Mosquito with a million and eight thousand seven hundred. Just a minute. Wa- Just a minute. A million points on Ghouls and Ghosts. Yeah. A resonant ping. We haven't heard that one of them for a while. So what you do... You, you loop the first level, you get to the, the sorry, you loop the five levels, you get to the, the end of the fifth level again, and you don't pick up whatever's in the chest, and the game oh. puts and the game puts you back to the last stage again. So you can just keep doing that. Really? You don't enter Lucifer's cavern, whatever it is. If you don't pick up the magic, that fireball, whatever it is, yes. it puts you back a level, but you don't die. So oh, he right. did that. He did that 42 times. Oh, my God. Was he not bored? Yeah, he got bored, I think. Oh, so he got one million and eight thousand seven hundred. And then a couple of days after, we had a Japanese player called uh, called well, this is his Twitter name, Zunzun Mogora, Zunzun yeah. Mogora, and he scored. Well, we put just missed our deadline. It might have been a couple of hours, and he did the same thing, and he scored a million and twenty four thousand six hundred. <gasps> Do you think that but might be- have just been the time difference? He missed our scoreboard by. Being in Japan. Well, it's U- yeah, it's UK time, isn't it? The... Yeah, yeah. So, Zunzun Magora, we'd like you to play again, please, but just think about the time, time difference, that's all. Yeah, so wow. Mark, Mark gets it, but what's, what incredible scores those those three are. Do you think Mark Bell did the same thing with his 937,000? He must do. Yeah, I think you have to. I think you only get like 200 if you complete it. Yeah, because Tagster's nearly doing it on 176,000, isn't he? So, yeah, yeah, it must be. Wow. 42 times. The guy's mental. <laughs> so, what do you reckon your summary is and how it could this game be improved? It's pretty obvious, isn't it? My summary is a polished, stylish game, oozing quality, but just too hard for the casual player. I bet it's rewarding to finish it if you can be bothered to put the time in, which I can't, unfortunately. No, I've watched either. the experts play it on YouTube, and that'll do me. It is it is a good game, but it's just too hard. Yeah. One thing one thing I would change is not putting you back half a level to a previous checkpoint when you die. That That's one of my bugbears in games. Yeah. Also, to be able to change the direction of Arthur in mid-jump to steer him a bit. I always like that in platformers, if you can steer your guy mid-air. Absolutely. Like, There's a bit of skill in that, isn't there? Yeah, and you know, like in real life, where you can change your jump in mid-air. Yeah, yeah. When I'm jumping off a train, I can just jump back in quick, you know? <laughs> uh, you should, should do that. Go on. What do you think, Vic? Well, I'm going to nick this from a Twitter tweet from uh, Cinecaster, and he's exactly spot on here. Thank you, Cinecaster. He says, agreed, it sucks, which is a shame because I love the aesthetic and music. In essence, the game is akin to taking an otherwise tasty meal and slathering it with ghost pepper sauce until it's completely inedible for masochists only. Oh. 
That is so perfect. The game is lovely looking, sounds great. It's got great hardware. It doesn't slow down as far as I've seen. The characters in it are great. Some of the weapons are quite cool. The jumping elements are brilliant. But it's just unrelentingly difficult. Mm. And it ruins it. I mean, if I was a kid, I mean, I probably did play this as a kid in 1988. And I probably didn't play it more than once because it's just too hard. Mm. I probably probably played at the arcade, realised it was taking my 10p's when I had a quid on me or whatever, and then just played it on the home computer versions, like the Spectrum version, and went, this is rubbish, I'm never playing this again. Ghouls and Ghosts is crap. And I liked... Well, Ghosts and Goblins on the, on the 8-bits was really good as well, I remember. The Commodore and the Spectrum versions were really, really good. And then when this yeah. came along, it's just too ambitious for the computers, and it just got a thumbs down from me. But the game, is it just looks great, but it's just so ridiculously difficult, and such a low-scoring game as well. And the fact that you've got to do the game twice to complete it, I think is unfair. It's really unfair. Yeah, Why can't you just do, it, you? do the first five levels, and then if you don't pick up the, the big weapon in, in the sixth level, then take you back maybe a level like it does do, but don't mm. let you do the whole game again. That's just boring. If, if you're good yeah. enough to do it all the way through once, why would you want to do it again twice? You can probably do it quite easily. Yeah. Yeah, difficult. I, I went back to Ghosts and Goblins to have a quick look at it, and... Ghouls and Ghosts is a massive leap up. Ghosts and Goblins feels a little bit clunky after playing this for a bit. Yeah, it does. The sprites are smaller. They're not yeah. as quick. Yeah, yeah it's, it's better. It's, it's it's an improvement all around, I think, but it's that difficulty which does, you know, I reckon we both could complete this if we put four years worth of practice in. Non-stop, no work, no rest. Yeah, yeah four. Yeah. May, perhaps just, just. Yeah. <laughs> so... For me, a big thumbs down just because of the difficulty. But, I mean, I'd probably put a poster of it on my arcade wall because it's lovely looking. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I yeah. from what I said, a quality, very well-programmed game, but just so, 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 so hard. Do you know the only person who really gets anything out of this is Mr. Young Neil? Because mm. he found a game he really likes. So you're very yeah. welcome to it, Neil. Take it and run, my son. Run in the fields with your copy of Ghouls and Ghosts. Fly through fly, the heather. Fly, be free. Fly like a fly through the heather. A lot of flying things. Yeah. Next show's game. Okay, next time we podcast, I want the listeners to be playing a game. No. And we're going to cheat. Yeah. This is just for tronads. We're going to cheat. What we're going to do, we're going to play Ms. Pac-Man, classic game, but with the speed-up hack added to it. So you may, if you're playing in main, you may need to turn the cheats on. It's quite easy to do. If I remember rightly, you go into the INI file and change the cheats from a 0 to a 1 in main mini. Yeah. Yeah, uh, there's different ways of doing it. I'm not quite sure. Just Google it. It's fairly easy to do, I'm sure. And you turn the cheat on and you can go really quick. Ms. Pac-Man flies around the place. Ghosts are at normal speed. Makes the game easy, but it makes you play it longer. And it does get difficult later on. It's developed by Namco. The ROM on MAME is Ms. Pac-MNF. That's the speed-up version. Speed-up version. Yeah, you don't need to put cheats on for that Oh, okay, cool. Mm. You can play on the 60 and 1 with the speed-up enabled. It's at the very end of the 60 and 1, and I think in the dip switch settings, you can turn normal Ms. Pac-Man speed up as well. Because mm. that's what I've got on mine. I'm using the the beans as hearts. Instead of the dots, you've got hearts. 
just a slight graphical yeah. change, and the speed up turned on. That's how I'm playing at the moment because my Ms. Pac-Man board's being a bit dodge. Yeah. So if you've got a proper Ms. Pac-Man turbo, you can play that as well. There's plenty of ways you can play this, but the ROM version for MAME is Ms. Pac MNF. Three lives, extra life at 10,000, and on normal, but it's called easy on the 60 in one. Yeah, easy as, e- uh, sorry, 60 in one as easy or hard. Yeah. Everything else as normal or difficult. Yeah, so easy, it's I the think it's the same thing. thing. Same yeah. thing yeah. So, play Ms. Pac-Man and cheat like a cheating thing. <laughs> so, you can submit your score on Twitter with hashtag 10p score or on Facebook as a comment on our podcast posts. And pictures, please, if you fancy it. If you go to our website, www.10pencearcade.co.uk and scroll to the bottom, you can click a link to play it in your browser. So uh, the deadline for score submissions is Sunday 6th of May, 5pm UK time, please. UK time, please, yeah. Yes. And thank you for listening to us waffle on about arcade stuff. And we hope to hear from your scores over the next two weeks. And we'll talk to you again two weeks' time. Yes, thank you, kids. We'll catch you, get, catch you again next time. Cheers. Bye. Goodbye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10 You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered.